everybody, and welcome to episode 398 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is joining me here in the Matt Johnson Memorial Studio of the Airwaves? You want to get in on this studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash lasertime. Thanks to our patrons. Instead of a cool nickname, I just can't stop looking at myself in the camera and how much weight I've gained and wearing my first turtleneck of the season and how much my hair has grown and I look like Eric Wareheim explaining space that is a reference for like almost no one um, you, don't, you don't sound like Eric Wareheim I am Chris Antista the universe is big, yeah. big, big. <laughs> and cyber dad Matthew Allen <laughs> that's what your daughters have started calling you and special guest HD remake T.L. Foster oh I'm glad oh, you oh, brought that up of live from the pool house fame of live from the that very same show Show also P and B also Twitch now apparently. Oh. See the irony decided... though is is he's HD remake but he has the blurriest camera of all. I of have no idea what right happened. <laughs> <laughs> HD D make yeah and then I also like yeah I decided to quit my job and and do Twitch full time for two months and then I, I started a new job <laughs> I started a new job soon. Mm. Okay, I was going to say that was that was against the professional recommendations of several people. Yes, um. no. <laughs> No, I had to go. I was done with healthcare. Now I'm done with healthcare forever. Isn't that oh, great? Boy. I love it. Never need healthcare <laughs> again. As you said, we are going to be talking about remakes and remasters on this week's show, specifically the best of 2020. And this is something we do because our game of the year rules forbid us from voting on anything that is a re-release from previous years or an extension of that, a remake or remaster. There are obviously some exceptions like Resident Evil 2 in 2019, which was arguably an entirely new game that just happened to follow the, the skeleton of the original. But this is kind of a place for us to recognize exceptional remakes or remasters that either don't qualify or simply didn't make the cut for our game of the year list. The five we liked best this year. I'm looking at the list, just like of the remakes that we're going to talk about, like four of these are on my game of the year. <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> I really, really, really liked a lot of the remakes that came out this year. I thought they did a really good job of kind of recontextualizing like what is a game, like one of them, especially like what, how do you make an old game feel new? Hmm. Um, and still have that, like, still maintain, like, that oldness to it. So it's been a really good year of, like, being nostalgic about games and then having games that kind of reaffirm that nostalgia. Maybe not be one-to-one, but be like, oh, no, the, there's there is a lot of good in here, and the things that weren't, we fixed I'm it. I'm not so, getting better and yeah. can't be salvaged, but some of my favorite games can be. I mean, it's been a really good year for games and literally nothing else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On that note, we've also sunk a bunch of time over the past week into playing Cyberpunk 2077, so we weren't really able to talk about it last week, but we are going to dive into it on this week's second segment, uh, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we will crack right into these top five remakes and remasters of 2020, according to us, right now, that we're recording right after this. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And what did we decide, Baker? Did totally, totally rad actually come out? 
don't think so. But okay. if it did, it was on my birthday. I turned 14 that day. Happy birthday, and I guess that's Baker! what we were at. It was Magical John in Japan. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a toilet accessory. It was also They were also cartoon characters in Japan. And for America, they were California surfer dudes uh-huh. who looked real, like, in the cutscenes. And it's just like, yeah, that's everything that's wrong with America. Because instead of just accepting these amazingly designed characters, like, no, 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 we want to be kids to be able to see themselves in them. well, who are kids? And everything we watched had like a, yo, bro, let's party. Uh, we're all Sean Penn from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, no, we're fucking not. Some of us yeah, are quiet did, guys. How did that become so ubiquitous that everyone was a fucking surfer yes. in the 80s, even if I, they lived in, like, Illinois? Some of us aren't even white. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30 2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! And welcome back to our top five. Let's just begin with... Number five. I know what to do. Next. 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 I feel like I could defeat any enemy. What game is this? Uh, that would be Trials of Mana, Second and Set 2 3, which yes. is like what you put it in Japanese. That is, they say Trials of Mana and they say Second and Set 2 3. So, mm-hmm. like. Here it is, finally. The yeah. game that that people in my circles have been waiting for since 1994 is finally here and it's in a playable form and I really like this game. Like this is very high on my game of the year. Like I really 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 love this game and a it, lot. And it came out like about a year after like we got an official release of the Super Nintendo original or Super Famicom original for the first time in last year's collection of Mana. And, mm. and it is a total 3D remake of a 2D game that still kind of feels like a 2D game in a lot of ways. Now, now wait a second. What is this a remake of? This is Seiken Tetsu 3, which is the RPG, like I said, when when people talk about like the big three RPGs of like 94, you have your Final Fantasy VI, uh, you know, you have your Earthbound, and like Seiken Tetsu 3 was the one that people have been waiting for forever. This it, is, it's it'd be like the equivalent of somebody who's like, oh, we're going to do an HD remake of Mother, of Mother 3, mm-hmm. you know, like that's this is what this was basically. But yeah, this this was Secret of Mana 2, basically. It never came yeah. to the US. And now we have a fully 3D version of it with full voice acting, uh, for better or worse, and multiple <laughs> characters, each of whom have their own unique prologue, and you can play as, I think, I think are there six or seven total? There, there's six. Yeah, so you, you can play can, as six can, different characters. Three, yeah. You can play as three in a single playthrough and uh, get different dialogue, get different origins, and you can hear... Kevin talking to Charlotte here. Too little for a long journey. We will look for Heath for you. Don't worry. Go back to your grandpa. Little, huh? Why do people always assume I'm a baby? I'm 15 years old. Got it? 15. Uh, there might be two of the worst <sighs> characters voice acting wise. You've got Kevin yeah. who seems to have some sort of partial aphasia and leaves words out of his sentences and then you've got charlotte 
who's 15 but looks to be about three and speaks with a uh, all of her R's or W's. Yeah, and it's like even in the in the like actual like subtitles. Like so, yeah, Charlotte. We're right. playing with Charlotte and Kevin. <laughs> like I've just subtitle. put the game in Japanese. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. Um, it it there's like some groaners. I do think like overall, like the voice acting is fine, except for that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I think Charlotte's probably like cause I heard a lot of people like who were bemoaning Paimon from Genshin Impact. Yeah, like oh, this character sucks. It's like oh, did you put forty hours into Trials of Mana playing as Charlotte? Because I did. That was what? awful. That's one of the worst. <laughs> How could you do time. that after hearing that one, her first appearance? I was like, well, certainly never. Having her in my party, like forget that. Yeah. No, at least no. she doesn't speak in the third person. You don't have to hear her continually say "shawit." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I mean, like you said, it, the game. I think contextually, it also feels very old. Like there's a lot mm. of trappings from old RPGs that it it was able to maintain. Um, I did play uh, Trials of Mana from last year, the 2D version, and like to me, the combat wasn't intuitive. Like, it didn't feel good. And mm-hmm. this combat feels good. And when, yeah. I, when I talk about, like, a game that plays on your nostalgia and, and like, makes your nostalgia, like, kind of work for itself, this is the game that I, I really think of. Like, this is, like, how we think of, like, a lot of arcane RPGs. Like, how they... Oh, like, this would be great. Like, if you could remake Illusion of Gaia, like, this would be kind of the, like, the 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 blueprint. I would see as something like that. Mm-hmm. You can probably tell, like, I decided to play as Kevin in this game. Kevin the Beast Man, who uh, turns into a werewolf and has, like, a roster of moves that make him feel like, you know, more of a brawler character. He's very fast, he's very punchy and kicky. But he also has, in in my book, the most tragic opening. Mild spoilers, uh, he has to kill his own beloved dog. No, no. No! No! Carl! <laughs> Carl! Uh, I love that his dog is named Carl. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> that sounds Carl. like someone reading like their ratings or something like that. <laughs> no! Carl! No! Well, so close to calm, but you know. <laughs> But yeah, it is a very, very old school action RPG, yeah. and it, it is a lot of fun. Like, it, and, and, and you know, playing, trying to play this side by side with the original, like, I, I found myself gravitating more toward this. It's like it, it like you said, TL, it does feel better. Uh, it's, mm. it's easier to kind of lose yourself in, I think. Um, but yeah, like this is a, this is not the sort of game that you often expect to see a fully 3D remake of a quote-unquote lost uh, 16-bit game. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that's, like, one of the things... Because I, I don't think a lot of people played it because I think of the conversations like, oh, well, I've never heard of Trials of Mana, but it, it just really felt like a really good one of these JRPGs, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, they don't make these games anymore. And it does like one of the older games, but, like, it just, like I said, it feels a lot better to play. I think the world is great. The only thing I would say is, like, there is a lot of, like, weird grinding towards the end of the game. And the new, so they did add a whole new, like, end end of the game, which included, cause, like, so with each character, there, you can, like, when you level up or change class, you go light or dark. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you want AoE attacks or do you want buffs, right? And then 
they added a fourth one and like it sucks to grind because like getting your your super mega item that helps you like evolve you have to grind them out and that can be tedious uh but again that's kind of what those old games were so mm-hmm. uh, and there are some bosses that just suck like they're just like terrible bosses to that game where, the, where there are flaws but again i think that's just more of like hey this is an old rpg yeah and like a lot of old rpgs it has a lot of long pauses between lines of dialogue Selfit, we need your help I see. Well, you all saved my life. I'll stick with you until the bitter end. Yay. Buy my soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) I did enjoy this game. There's a lot in its presentation that is uh, easy to make fun of, but it, it is a really good game and a really positive overall experience. Yeah, I honestly think had um, the other big JRPG remake hmm. uh, that that came out because like I think this came out like a couple of like weeks before Final Fantasy VII remake, which then just ate its lunch. Oh yeah, I think this might have been a little bit more uh, recognized, but like I said, there there was a much better uh, remake that came out. Yeah, this even is though, like Square I said, cannibalizing like it. itself with a remake, which. Actually, we should talk briefly about that because that is not in our list. Because right. in my book, that is not like it is a remake only in the very loosest sense. Yeah, uh, for very spoilery reasons. But uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's not, it's not even spoilery. It's not the same thing. Yeah, it's no, just, it's isn't. totally not the same thing. It's a completely different story and adventure and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we should move along too. Number four. That's such a great feeling to go back to that. This is delicious. What yeah, is this? this is this is the impression I got from from a lot of people was just like oh, this like game Mighty made them. Are they in the soundtrack? It brought too? them back in time. Well, I think they are, but that that's Goldfinger. I know, but uh, it might, Matt said the impression that I get, and I know I fucking uh, bounced a kickflip to that uh, like nine hundred times. <laughs> Damn it! I didn't realize I did that. Uh, TL, these are ska yeah, bands. Fair. Um, <laughs> I know what's first of all. Did you know that ska were originated from black people? Yes. Thank you very much. I know. I know about ska, the bad, the bad and I know about this game, which is Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two Remake. And yes. yo, this game was really good. Yeah. After as someone who played the HD re, uh, HD collection Tony Hawk from like mm. last generation, mm-hmm. which was terrible. Yes, yeah, like that's this was what's weird. Really they let game. them pull. They pulled that off. And let them do it again within a, a few years. It's, that's like, that's so it's, strange. It's, the, the, the original one was pretty half-assed and built within an engine that they already had internally. And this is like a complete fucking redo yeah. of all that. The, the, and, and like, speaking of Superman, you had basically become a Superman in the last few Tony Hawk games. And this this is like a real back to the basics thing. Even though it included moves that mm. never existed in Tony Hawk One yeah, and Two, but it, it really right. does does feel like we're going to go back to what made these original two games so mm-hmm. special before everything sort of went off the rails, and we're going to recreate the same levels with a bunch of new cool shit. We're going to bring back the soundtrack that you all remember, and we're going to recreate the feel of those original PlayStation games, but in a modern way. 
and they, I think they it was it's just a roaring fucking success. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, Chris doesn't me like the downhill levels. I know that, but uh, well, the downhill levels are always the worst. But like this one was <laughs> was not bad, and I, I I do want to tip my cap. I didn't get it initially. Uh, the mall level is abandoned and post apocalyptic. Yes, post apocalyptic. Um, and it wasn't original. As I was playing it, I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> Twenty years ago, this was a uh, robust and yes, populous mall, and now I'm I'm tagging an abandoned structure. These are fun little things in the Tony Hawk remaster. Mm-hmm. If you ever enjoyed any game in the series, you will love the shit out of this. And yeah. it's very rare to say that about a series or a comeback or a remake. You will love this. Yeah, shame on all of you for not having played this map. I, I loved it. I, I love that it brought back, you know, a bunch of classic skaters and, and looking much more like their actual selves and like their PlayStation 1 right. kind of parts. Yeah. Like, Alyssa Steamer, like, I, I just realized I never knew how the real Alyssa Steamer looked. I just knew yeah. her in-game model. Yeah, if you hadn't hadn't seen uh, Vice's documentary series, Epically Latered, horrible title. But, like, almost everyone there talks about how like uh and tony hawk has been i think he said he made his first like million dollars on the game like these mm. games mm-hmm. made these characters household names yeah and yeah. the tony hawk series was like well some of these people aren't even skating a- anymore i don't know what tony hawk's deal is he has not stopped skating uh great guy never get tired of saying he's a great guy um but they they modeled them on their their current self, yeah. <laughs> which is so weird. Which which is something you can't do in like a well, I ha- TL. I haven't seen done in another sports game. You don't see like a modern versions of old football players. No, uh, because like that's not what the thing. I think like the closest was that all pro two two K nine game that Take Two tried to do with like the NFL retiree uh players union because they're not tied to the nflpa um but like yeah i don't really think like even even in like the wrestling games which should be like the celebration of everything they don't do older models it's like hey did you want to play as bret hart in two in 94 like i guess but like this game was like no like these people age and it's it's only with the rock like you cannot play with the rock with hair in any new wwe game Mm. The Rock never had hair. What are you no, talking about? No, we've always been at war with East Asia. He Hulk Hogan's always like a, been. He never looked like a buff Rob Schneider. Don't even mention. <laughs> but yeah, like this had a couple of cool new things, like a, a tutorial voiced by Tony Hawk himself. Awesome. Stay here to practice more, or find the next tape to start the next lesson. Of the, the skater falling down and hurting himself all the time. Still like, oh man, congratulations. Uh, yeah, but I, the roughest time I had with it was that um, it wasn't as, as uh, I don't want to say sloppy in controls. It wasn't as loose in the controls as some of the newer versions mm. that, you know, when the game series sort of started to decline, it, it was much tighter and you had to be much more precise. And like, that made me appreciate it a little more. And yeah. I, I still... Unlike a lot of other games, it's I can still pick this up and play it at any mm. point. I have not finished it. I just enjoy, like, I'm waiting for Cyberpunk to patch. I will play Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Remastered. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Feels good. Man. It, this feels like the, a reboot that the series really needed. Like, we had to be reminded of why we liked it in the first place before it could build on more things. Because I feel like, like yeah, like you said, the series has been sort of in decline for a long time, and it 
it went from being like a new Tony Hawk game is a huge event to oh god another Tony Hawk game. It's great to see this. I don't. I that said, I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. Obviously, Thug Three. Yeah. Tony Hawk Underground 3 with Bam Margera. Bring back Eric Sparrow. Yeah. I want to punch that dude in the face. <laughs> I, I am not... I I am a huge Jackass 4 fan, but all that news going around this week. Hey, we've started filming again. Two days later, everyone's hospitalized. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, just make Thug. All of you go make mm-hmm. Thug. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they needed? They needed Tom Cruise on their set talking about safety regulations and mm-hmm. just yelling at people until they behave safely. <laughs> Dude, that shit was dope. Did you hear that recording? It was. Like, Tom Cruise had an outburst, and, like, you can't even get mad at him for it. You fucks! <laughs> he he was like home, the this good... industry's dying. People have to pay for their, their fucking college and shit, and you're fucking around? Fuck this! The whole industry's looking at us. See if they can make movies again, and you're not wearing your fucking mask! I don't... That's, I'm paraphrasing, but, like, it's that's, very, that's, that's a very good paraphrase. It, it was the bizarro version of the of the Christian um, of the Bale stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like instead of like, oh yeah, just some guy prima donna going off. He's like, oh no, I agree, I agree with, I agree with Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's being kind of a dick about it, but yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. It's, it's the most f words I've ever heard him use, and that includes Magnolia, wow. where he told me to respect the cock and tame the cock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edit that out as you see a court. But I I like the thumps. Tony Hawk's yes. Pro Skater. I think I think it's great. It's it's one yeah. of the like unsung yeah. best games of the year. Um, that I, I still don't think is perfect, but like uh, wonderful. Like yeah. well, to- it's like it's like seeing like a Pac Man Championship Edition, which is also yeah. one of my favorite games I've ever played. Um, right. And, and, and yeah. I wasn't alive to see the heyday of Pac Man. Like no, this is a, a worthy resurrection and remake. It really, yeah. is. but to tie it with like Trials of Mana, I think what it did that's different than like Pac Man Championship like redefines the gameplay. This is like, no, the gameplay was perfect. We're just going to give you quality of life and update it so that you guys can experience that gameplay kind of as you remember it in your head. And that's like what Trials of Mana that's, did so successfully is like, yeah, this is how you remember feeling when you yeah, played you, these you RPGs. You always had a manual and a revert. What are you talking about? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish, I, I wish that it'll never happen. But wouldn't it be cool if EA for like the next Madden was like, oh, hey, we're going to make it play like the older Maddens on PlayStation 2 or PlayStation... Like, like we're going to put back all the dumb features and we don't need you to have, like, this complete passing control. Like, we want you to enjoy playing a video game. Like, that would be neat. Or, that be neat? counterpoint, they could just bring back the NCAA series and I would be equally as happy if you want to do remakes of older, older series. Just saying. I'm maintaining that's happening in two years because next year players can actually make money off their licenses, and that is the big hurdle that EA has been having because they want. Wow, to can play. they really? They can. That's that's actually what was passed. Thanks to California. Thank you, California, for breaking the SEC gridlock <laughs> and basically saying they literally. This is what happened. California literally made a law like, hey, if you can't play the players, you cannot have like a state championship from here, and we will not allow. Um, you know, we will not allow our our California schools to like actually play sports and USC Stanford like those schools are big sports schools so the NCAA just was like fine I guess they can make money off their licenses so I think we'll see I think we'll see an NCAA game sooner rather than later it's nice to hear that we're almost done with slavery. Thank you, NCAA. <laughs> ah, <laughs> smile, smile. This time, your slavery, you can make money off of it. 
That's <laughs> you can make money off the Navy you're in slavery. That's what you can do. I, I don't know sports that well, but every time I hear about like they don't get paid for all the what? Uh, wow, that's insane. Like <laughs> enough sports talk. Let's talk about zombies. Number all right. Three. This fine young lady could use our help. Carlos, you didn't even think to ask fine young lady her name? She is an elite operative of RPD, Special Tactics and Rescue Service. Her name is something Valentine. It's Jill. Nice to meet you, Jill. <laughs> I love that. That yeah. is, it is so gloriously cheesing that that voice acting that it does bring you back to the feels you got when you played Resident Evil Three originally. Yes, yes. The Resident Evil Three, the remake, was a really good follow up to Resident Evil Two. Not as good, uh, which right. is why it's Much not on like our the original game games. of the year list, but still a lot of fun and a worthy resurrection of a Resident Evil that was kind of... I don't, I don't know that it was divisive so much as, like, I kind of thought it was middling back in the day, but I know a lot of people loved it. That was Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, bringing back that that huge galoot with his tendrils and his constant muttering of stars, stars. Mm-hmm. Like, Resident Evil 3, to me, like, I know, like, Mr. X was in 2. Like, mm-hmm. not even just in the remake, but, like, Three was to me sold on the aspect of like, hey, anything could happen, and like, I think this game does it really well. I just like you guys said, like Resident Evil Two was just like a perfect like re like if you're gonna remake Resident Evil, like that's it, and it, it just it's really hard to be the follow up to that. Yeah, and and that, and that's I think that's what hurt this game, but it's still a really good game. It's really fun, and it really makes me hope they go for Code Veronica, and not go to Four. We don't need four. Four is on every. I mean, four is the sky robot they, Resident Evil. Haven't they already said they're remaking four, or was that just a rumor? I think they did. No, I, I don't think they're. I, I think right now everything is going to the village. Um, hmm. I don't know if they're going to remake four, but I really hope that they remake Code Veronica, a game that has really cool ideas that was stuck on a system that died. Well, hmm. um, it was also on PlayStation Two. People forget that Code Veronica X. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but but that game was mostly just like shit jumps through windows constantly. Like it wasn't even scary <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it's just like, oh, here's another fucking monster jumping through another goddamn window. <laughs> Is there a window? I'd better stay away from it. I bet a monster's going to come through it. Yeah, well, that's one of the things I loved about too is they subvert your expectations there. Of like, mm-hmm. if you remember a monster popping through glass or yes. a window or a mirror. From the original game, they're like, nope, not going to happen this time. Mm-hmm. Until you go back to that room. Ha ha, got you. They mess with you. But 3 felt like it took this flaming wreck of Raccoon City and turned it into a Metroidvania that, in spite of the ever-present danger, was a lot of fun to just kind of double back and find different routes through and uh, open new paths and collect a bunch of stuff. And a surprisingly big part of that game at least for me, was just going through and making sure I'd hoovered up all the items to get 100% completion, uh, which was a little strange. Like, oh no, I gotta go into this this toy store, and what was it, was it like, bobbleheads or something that you were trying to shoot? I forget. It's been so long yeah, since Yeah, it sounds familiar. This. Yeah, it sound, it's some, something like that, something that you see movement out of the corner of your eye and you gotta shoot it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a shit that, like... I've okay over the years I have like come to terms with this with myself I'm like look 
do I feel like a better person if I see that shit? If I if I do the work to find that shit in the game my first time through, or do I feel just as good getting the achievement if I read a guide while playing and mm. find it that way? And what I've found out is the latter is equally yes. true. Yes. There there are parts of this game that are like really fucking tough where it's like even compared to Resident Evil 2 where I felt like I'm constantly like I have too too little ammo and there's too many zombies closing in around me and I I can't make a dent in them I get overwhelmed really quickly and then there's the nemesis itself You okay? What was that thing? Tim if I know but right now it's got a hard on for the only two stars left in town you and me Ooh. I'm not sticking around just look around you. The longer we wait, the more screwed we are. So the nemesis in the original game was this thing, like it would show up in ways that seemed random, but were always actually scripted, depending on the choices that you made throughout the game. And this one, like looking back on it, it feels like there was a fairly narrow point of time where the nemesis's appearances didn't feel completely scripted. Like there are some points that are cinematic or where it just completely takes you by surprise, like it just breaks down a wall right in front of you when you're not expecting it. There's no musical buildup or anything. But but ultimately, the the parts where it can surprise you, that only really happens in kind of like the early to mid parts of the game. And spoiler alert, it stops when you get out of the city. We're just going to ignore the fact that the dude said that a giant zombie creature had a hard-on for something. We're yes. just going to completely brush over that. It, uh, it's too Nemesis, distressing otherwise. <laughs> yeah, Nemesis like, is not – like I mean, I guess you could consider it a zombie. It's more like a mutated human. Mm-hmm. Uh, so point about Nemesis is this whole thing. It's a, it's a variant tyrant. Yes. Uh, it's just the Nemesis. I mean, they're all mutated humans, right? They've all caught the umbrella virus. So technically the uh, zombies are also mutant humans. Yeah, I mean, there's not. I mean, but what I'm saying is, it's not. It's not unplausible that he would have a heart on. I mean, well, I'm glad we're I'm asking saying. the important questions. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we never see him fully naked. I think he's shirtless at one point, but uh, right. Yeah, could be. Could be. Well, uh, I mean, the I way mean, those guys are is like parts could be places you wouldn't expect them. That's right? true. It's like they'll have like a, a heart hanging out of their arm if you can use it in a boss fight. Maybe so. maybe that's where all of his tendrils come from. Maybe they're his dick. Right. Look, it, it's look. We're in a new age of crypto sexuality. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty sure someone wants to fuck Nemesis. Like, it's just yeah. the thing. People statistically, fuck the it has to like, be true. This is just what happens now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, people are horny for the Grinch. That's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is not. I, I think the the setup for this originally, like, I, I avoided the original Resident Evil Three when it came out. And I think part of that was because it, despite being a numbered sequel, it felt like a side story. Like, this is something that happens at the same time that Resident Evil 2 is happening. So it's like, it's a concurrent thing. It's set in similar areas. It doesn't advance the story. It feels like less of a sequel and more like a spinoff using similar assets. But this is, this is definitely not that, even though, yes, it is still concurrent with the events of RE2 and there are little callbacks to things that happen in the RE2 remake like you meet the gun store owner and he he like looks meaningfully at this door where his daughter is and you're like oh no something some shit's going down there but uh it's also it reinvents the character of Carlos who was the second playable character in the original RE3 and uh just kind of turns him into this affable dude who just wants to help people Hey! Fuck this! And 
calls the nemesis fuckface before shooting a missile at him. Easy, lady. I got you. Who are you? What are you doing? James Carlos. I'm saving you. Come on. Let's get you someplace safe. I'm Umbrella Special Ops. We're all heroes. Yeah, I mean, that's so... It's weird that they, like, they did that work for Carlos, like... And the really cool thing about Resident Evil 2 was... They didn't try to make Leon, like, more of a badass. Like, you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, Leon felt like Leon in two in the first two, right? Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. for them to for them to kind of change Carlos to be like a different character, that was kind of weird. I, I, think I mean they he had saw amazing how much hair. they could get away with in terms of you're not undoing the original, you're just making a new game. And why not go for broke? I agree with that. Like after no no spoilers, but FF seven remake, like I'd like to see remakes like that. Mm. Get nuts. Not just a remake, reinterpret. I mean, to to a certain extent, this was reinterpreting. Right, yeah. I agree. Hmm. I think out of necessity for tying all that stuff t together in one playthrough, it, it was like rearranging elements and going, okay, well, that won't work if we just put these together. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's do this, you know. So yeah, it makes sense how they did yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And they made, I mean, Carlos is fucking hella sexy now. So oh, why yeah, are we complaining true, about yeah. this? Like, Look at my shaggy hairstyle. I'm awesome. And I've never heard of Umbrella doing anything bad. And also, I, I appreciate uh, how just fucking badass Jill is from start to finish. Right? Let's do this. Stop it! <laughs> Lots more rocket launchers than usual in this game. <laughs> I'd like to think... I'd like to think yep. when she did that, she made the Degeneration X the crotch point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Suck it! Suck it. <laughs> I, I really hope that Jill is a very important character in the village. Uh, just because, like, after this game, she is only important in Resident Evil 5 as the worst character in that game. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember being very upset I, about I still hate what that game did to Jill. <laughs> both, both in terms of <laughs> Her character and her look. Like, Jill does not have long blonde hair. I'm sorry. Well, I think we uh, we know what happens to Carlos in 8, because did you guys see those new screenshots they released of the werewolf character? No. It's like a walking ball of hair. It's amazing looking. I loved it. Can't wait to look at that. Um, but anyway, yeah, Resident Evil 3 was really good. I, I want more games like this to be made. Uh, just complete reimaginings of of old 32 and 16 bit games. Um, but one of the games that was most captivating was basically just a rejiggering of a three year old title. Number two. I'll end this right now. Joker, it's her. She's the weird reading I've been getting. My weak self relied on you so much. That ends today. Let's do this, senpai! <laughs> that happens right at the beginning of Persona 5 Royal, and uh, if you're a fan of the original Persona 5, you might realize, like, nothing like that happens at the beginning of Persona 5. Because Persona 5 Royal, it's, it's like a quote-unquote complete 
version of the game rather than just an expanded version. It's an expansion, but it's not a self-contained expansion. It's an expansion that seeds content all throughout the game and right. and also smooths a lot of rough edges. Um, I think it's something Chris would say a lot of Japanese games actually do. Like com- coming it, off the Monster Hunter series, like yeah. that's oh, yeah, yeah. that's how they right. do expansions. Well, I mean, I, I forget what the name was for it, but like uh, the hallmark of a successful game there was like, yeah, we're going to put out a new game plus rejiggered version of this within two to three four to five years. It's what a successful game does over there. Yeah. And, and, and America doesn't always see that. Because um, we usually get either one version or the best version. You know where we see it is Street Fighter games, and it always leaves yeah. us scratching mm. our head. Like, how come there's 18 Street no, Fighter 2s? A lot of Capcom stuff. Like, all the Monster Hunters before World were the the G versions, the, the, right. the second uh, every, everything in the kitchen sink versions. Um, but Persona, yeah, I haven't seen. I, I, when I went to Japan uh, twice, like, just like the subway, w- w- they were littered with, like,. <laughs> This is part seven of a series I've never heard of with a lot of uh, uh, Omega G. <laughs> like, it's, 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 a, it's the second or third version of the seventh game. Um, not uncommon, but like, but Persona has gotten away with it in America for a long time. And yeah. I, I got into Persona with a four golden. And right. So I can't. I have to applaud it because that game was amazing. I've really fought for most of this year. This game is like, is this game my game of the year? <laughs> hmm. I really love Persona Five a lot. Yeah. I I really like that game. I like the aesthetic. Um, I do think like towards the end it just slows down. If you don't go into the subway, like you're kind of messed over. Yeah, I can. I totally get that. Royal fixes every issue I had with Persona Five. Royal is just great. Um, the new character, Kasumi, like, so, one of my things I, I didn't like about Golden is, I think Marie is a bad character. Like, I, I just, like, instantly think she's a bad character. I don't know why you brought her in. It, she doesn't feel, she feels forced in this game. They added a character in this game that is like, oh, here's a new person you could bring in. And she feels like she belongs in that game. She doesn't feel, like, out of the blue, like, oh, you hmm. brought this character in. Um, I thought it was really great that they, they added new... Like they added new, uh, like uh, uh, social social stuff to do yeah. to help build your team up, which is like doing the darts and playing pool, like stuff that's just like throwaway stuff. They and let then, you take characters on dates who you never would be able to take out on dates, much less into the real world in the original. Your world is absolutely full of these shop places. For a reasonable fee, nearly every desire can be fulfilled, all as if it were nothing. That does sound interesting. I believe it may merit further research. Anyways, good work, inmate. Your final task for the day is to escort us back to the Velvet Room. Let's move. Hmm. Justine yeah. and Caroline, your your twin wardens in uh, in the Velvet Room. Uh, the, one of the great things too is so the big thing here was like in Persona Five, if you did anything when you went back to your house, Morgana's like, "All right, go to sleep, fucker." Like, yeah. That's just it. <laughs> no fun this game for you. Doesn't, <laughs> this game it doesn't do it. It's just like, hey, okay, you did, you explored, you want to go outside? Which is like revolutionary yeah. and it shouldn't be. Uh, no more, we've like had the, a big day. It's time to sleep. Yeah, the the follow-up attacks, which is like the thing that makes the game playable, um, is 
instantly unlocked from the beginning. And when I told somebody that, they're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah. You don't have to go in like, oh, I have to get everybody to level three in their confidant ranks to do this thing that should be a basic ass tenant of the game. Um, you're, you don't run out, like, you run out of bullets every fight so you can get your ammo back. Like, it, so many great fixes in that game. If you have never played Persona 5 Royal, or if you bounced off of Persona 5, play Royal. Royal is legitimately a great game, and it is the best way of playing this really good JRPG. It also introduces an enigmatic new character. We believe the mental health of our student body is absolutely vital, so we've acquired the services of a therapist. The floor is yours, Doctor. Whoa, isn't he hot? Isn't he hot? I can't even... It's nice to meet you all. Whoa, his voice is sexy. My name is... Uh-huh. My name is Takuto Maruki. Uh, it's good that they told us his voice is sexy, because we wouldn't have known otherwise. <laughs> but yeah, there, there is a, there is a whole new ending that wasn't there before. Mm. Yeah, new new ways to to hang out with characters who you know past the point of where they disappear in the main story. Uh, it's quite an impressive package. But for me, for me, it's always been sort of like a uh, do I do I am I really ready to just go into the new game plus version of a game that I spent like a hundred hours finishing three years ago. I don't know. Maybe. As, someone, yeah. as someone who never finished it, maybe. And I, yeah. I, I had it up there as one of my games of the year because I, I put 60 hours into it. I would say it's not, but if you were like, I put so many hours into this game, this game isn't as intensive time-wise for you. Hmm. That's what it I is, want. That's what yeah. I to hear. It is not a 100-hour RPG. Like Six you to can, eight hours. There's things you can do to make it longer, but... I, not at all. Hmm. I, I was more frustrated in the first Persona that, like, if, or Persona Five, that there's all these things I know I'm I can do, but I'm not allowed. Uh, I'm told literally over and over again to go to bed and <laughs> to just go to bed. I would like to use this RPG system. Like, it's not the time for that now. You can't do that. Um, and, I'm also and, an old ass man. Like, I don't need to be told to go to bed. Like, I want to go to. I constantly fall asleep while playing video games nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, just having someone tell me that is just that is not a good thing for no. me. Like, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm curious because, like, I fucking love this game. And I loved its story, and I wanted to see more of it. But I also wanted some uh, better dichotomy of open world combat and story. And I thought like the first game was pretty bad about that. Mm. I mean, the combat. Yeah, the combat's still the combat. I do think. Like, I said, love the combat. I, I think adding the follow up, just like one, like one, one of the things that made that game longer, like I said, was running out of ammo, or like doing follow ups and running out of like SP. And the fact, like you can do follow ups from the jump, and then like it also conserves your SP, and you could do more damage. Like that's just such. It's just such a smart thing. Just like, yeah, up front, you can do that. And up front, you just automatically get your bullets back because it makes sense. These guns aren't real. You just conceive what these guns are. Um, and then the boss fights. They redid the boss fights, and they're so cool. Madarabe's boss fight is so much cooler because, like, you have to pay attention to, like, elemental differences and stuff like that. It's just really, it's a really good game. I really, really dig it. All right, but you don't want to fall asleep playing this game because your PS5 might crash.
again. Fancy that? Hope you find something that suits you. <laughs> Just love that. That like, yeah, only a few steps from gross-sounding, brutal combat is a helpful merchant who just wants to sell you things in exchange for <laughs> souls in what game? Demon Souls. Yes, Demon Souls. Ar- arguably the one of the brightest spots of the PlayStation 5 launch. Um, just, <laughs> I, I think you, you mean the only, this single next-gen exclusive of the entire next-gen. What about Astro's Playroom? Oh, all yeah, right, ha! But um, uh, get you have fucked, to pay Michael. For. How about mm. that? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which, which is yeah. What about Godfall, Michael? It's, <laughs> the, it's the most next-gen feeling game of that lineup, and yet it is a perfect remake of a PS3 game by Bluepoint, uh, who has distinguished themselves doing amazing remakes, like with Shadow of the Colossus. But uh, Demon's Souls, this is my second attempt to get into it after the PS3 version, and so far I've been having an immense amount of fun. I do find myself hitting weird walls here and there, like the tendency system is kind of fucking me over, and that, like... Uh, I was I was farming this skeleton world for a while, that place where you have to go in with the club... And uh, just bash a bunch of skeletons around. And now there's like a black phantom sitting there at the entrance that every time I try to go there to farm stuff, he, he just charges out and fucks me up. Yeah, welcome to the tendency system. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, but so I, I don't have a PS5, but I but I have this game. I'm waiting. <laughs> this is the one I want to play. And I played the OG version back in the day. And what I wanted to ask you, had you played both, is did this game clean up some of the fiddly bits of of the original or is this literally a shot for shot remake of the original i mean i never i never really got much further than um what was it called legion what, what was the big uh phalanx phalanx, phalanx that first yeah, yeah, real yeah. boss like and which is where at, at that point is where the game kind of opens up yeah uh, once you get past that but yeah i never really made it much further than that in the original, but like, you know, playing through the early stages of this, it's like, yeah, this all feels very familiar. The question I I don't Mm -hmm. think we'll ever be able to answer is, I wonder if we all have more tolerance for this game because Dark Souls became a thing and we've played several of these games now, and so you kind of return to it and it's like, oh, yeah, this is the stuff you just have to put up with a Souls game. I remember the original being like this this almost opaquely inaccessible thing for me. It's just like, yeah, from from the very opening cutscene, it sort of instills this sense of despair and hopelessness. Like, you're up against impossible odds. You're just a man in a suit of metal standing against, like, the hordes of undead and gigantic dragon things. And, you know, then Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Sekiro and all these other games happen. We're sort of used to it, so it's easier to go back to that. It's Now, it's it's not as alien, and I think to approach it with the experience of other Souls games is a completely different experience. I think that's why what makes it the, the best remake is it's mm. the one that, like, not everyone was clamoring for. It's yeah. not RE2 being remade, like, because mm-hmm. it's the best game, like... It wasn't the best game in the Soul series, no. but it deserved revisiting because, like, no one's no one knew what it was to begin with. Yeah, and like, it, it is also interesting. Like, if you're used to the Soul series, just sort of like dropping its background and and lore through these little items that you can find. This game, by contrast, actually gives you a direct explanation of what's going on. The lust for power caused the awakening of the old one. 
Across the land seeped a colorless, deep fog, and the world faced extinction at the hands of the demons. Thanks be, we were able to lull the old one back to its slumber. Yet only after the loss of innumerable souls, and most of the world, lost, erased by the fog. Hmm. And they talk about the fog a lot, but other than gating off different areas, it's like, oh, this doesn't actually seem all that threatening. But that was an aspect they kept, they kept for later Souls games, uh, which is sort of interesting. But that, that's the thing. I, I'm not approaching this with the knowledge of, like, what makes this a better remake so much as, like, this is a really amazing game. And mm-hmm. there is a depth of detail here that I, I I think is unusual even in, like, the PlayStation 3 generation. And plowing through all these worlds and discovering all this stuff and then getting stomped to bits and having to start over <laughs> can be a little discouraging. But, like, it still invites a lot of discovery. I, I found myself discouraged in this game a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But you I, don't... exactly what you said, it's a... Uh, uh, it's it's an underrated gem that I don't think most people would discover had Sony not bothered to remake it. It wasn't begging yeah. for a remake. Yeah. I think it's still playable in its PS3 form. PS3, yeah, it feels weird yeah. to mm-hmm. say. Um, it's playable with certain things like the. I think all the servers have been turned off by now, so you don't get to see like other people's warnings to you and stuff like that. Right. But it's um, I'm all for like even if it didn't change much or whatever, like. Demon's Souls is known as a game that's ahead of its time. And there's how many of those games are out there that we always talk about? Like, oh, it just had they had they waited a few more years. And it's like, those are the types of games that are ripe for remakes. So let's let's do that. Let's go back. And, and assuming they hold up like, yeah, let's modernize some of those games that were, quote unquote, ahead of their time. And and if they truly were, people will want to play them like Demon's Souls and buy hmm. them, even if like Demon's Souls they're a little rough around the edges or didn't quite nail the formula that something like a Dark yeah. Souls came along and nailed. But, but uh, you know what they absolutely did nail? Uh, scratchy, warm uh, Royal Shakespeare Company accents. Do you intend to challenge the king? You may be a great demon hunter, but I fear you may not be ready. The king's defended by the black souls of mighty knights and a fire-breathing drake. I defeated even myself. That's how I ended up in the dungeon. Beware the limits of your own power. Yeah, uh, everyone talks like this. Or, uh, they talk like this creature. Weirdly, I love listening to the crow that wants to trade with you. Like, just the idea that there's a talking crow, it just wants you to bring it, like, sparkly things, and if it likes them, it will trade with you. A character that made appearances in other Dark Souls games, too. That That's what's great, is is you can go back and there are direct correlations of, like, oh, God, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, the crow character is usually a hidden character that, um, I think in two, they're, like, right when you start the game, you have to climb some tree, and there's a nest where you do the exchange, and then on three... The nest is like on top of a church, if I'm remembering correctly. Anyway, hmm. but it's yeah, it's the same character, and they they sound just like that, and it's just as creepy. Because that's the other thing we forget sometimes too is like 
technically you could call like Demon Souls they're sort of horror games you know like they, Bloodborne no, totally really are. was a horror game but they're, they're post-apocalyptic horror games at that because it's like well the, the entire landscape has been overrun by demons and this oppressive fog and uh, you having already died can of course make your way through it that's another thing like uh, Dark Souls you, you die you get hollowed you're like a corpse version of yourself and you have to regain your humanity this you just become a ghost like you're a ghost and you're at half power, but you can also eventually regain your your human form, come back to life, more or less. I love. I'm still swimming in the description of a post-apocalyptic work. It's <laughs> wonderful. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this is this is like no yeah. sound. Like this is yeah. awful, mm. awful. It's bleak. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I do I do appreciate this remake the best uh, because I didn't have any experience with the original. And, and, and RE3, while I would argue, deserved was the most deserving of a remake because I thought it was the original was unplayable. Mm. I don't think that about the original Demon Souls. Um, but there was no way to force this into the eyes of other people better than remaking it like this. Well, I think part of the remake, though, there wasn't a really easy way to, to play Demon Souls, right? Because no. it was locked on the PS3. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I don't know. I mean, Is it on PS like, now? I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things... I think that's one of the cool things that I don't think we really hit upon on the remake stuff. Uh, and, I, and, and I also put this with Sega Genesis 3. I think it's very important for an archival's like standpoint to have these games that would, like, like in all intents and purposes, be lost to time. Like, mm -hmm. and and being able to play these games in, in somewhat of a, of a fashion of, like, being able to kind of remember them. Like, I do think that's very important. I do think that's, like, one of the things, like, I really balk when people get, like, very pissy about remakes, because I get it. Skyrim has been made for every game system ever. I understand. That point is, you know, it's a point. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is something to be said, like, there are games that are just lost to time, and we do, like, there should be remakes of these games so that we don't lose them. Like, yeah. I think we talked about Power Stone a couple weeks ago, like... There's going to be a time where Power Stone is just not available for anyone to play. And it's just gone. And that sucks. Like, game preservation needs to be better. And I think that's mm. important for us to do. Absolutely. No, I, I, think, I think people's skepticism comes from the fact of, like, new games are getting more and more expensive to make. And the remake thing can sometimes feel like a cheap cash-in of, like, well... You guys are just giving us old stuff because you don't want to make new stuff. Cause, it's you a know. waste of resources yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, so it's it's like I think that's why there's slightly some backlash. But yeah, to your point, TL, uh, and my point earlier is like for those games that you're like, hey, actually, not a lot of people play this the first time around. Probably should play this game. Um, I think it's a totally valid business model to have in the games industry, and I think there, I think this generation showed that there will be a place moving forward for remakes of games. Like you know, we always have to remember, gaming is just a 50-year-old, uh, you know, medium, right? 40-something-year-old mm -hmm. year medium. And so movies do remakes all the time, right? Like how many versions of different movies are there out there, right? And some good, and some always bad. always poorly received. <laughs> not always. I mean, there's, there are some remakes that are better than, than the originals, right? And oh, so, sorry, not remakes. But I was thinking more like uh, special editions. Like, uh, no, Lucas no. And, and, and there are some shot-for-shot -shot remakes like Psycho that people hate, right? Yeah. And, and that will happen in games as well, too, right? There's going to be some things right. that you're like, you literally just up this. You, you didn't spend any time here. This was a cheap cash-in. And there will be others, like um, 
like the ones on our list tonight uh, yeah. that are like, yeah, this is like really great job, and this is uh, this deserved a remake, and um, you did it the right way. Yeah. But anything with the word Silent Hill in it is not good. <laughs> right. Unless, unless it's uh, Shattered Memories. Sharded memories. Sharded memories. There you go. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> Liquid shitty titties. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, is... I'm glad you found a way to make that name even worse, Michael. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're that's welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> On that note, that's probably a good stopping point for this. But uh, that that is our top five remakes and remasters for 2020. Hope you enjoyed it. Look forward to our Games of the Year episode coming very soon. In the meantime, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a whole lot about cyberpunk and some other stuff, so stay tuned. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I've been um, clinically depressed. A lot of things that have been happening this week includes my doctor quitting. And me having oh. to find a new doctor. You broke them? I did. He quit via suicide. No, he, uh, but uh, no. <laughs> Funny suicide joke. Uh, no, he just moved. So, but like, I'm in the middle of like, oh God, I need a new, my plumber literally broke up with me and my doctor left me. Like, Are you I'm having in... a gastro issue? Is that why your plumber and your doctor both had to leave? <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, I am mainlining baked beans. This election has got me so nervous. Baked beans. I've got one inch piece of shit left in me. I got another one to quit, you fucker. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment where we will not waste any time making jokes or uh, palavering or putting off things until I hit this button. Is palaver even still a popular term in common parlance? I no, neither is Let's parlance. Let's ask Jack Palance. <laughs> uh, Cyberpunk 2077 came out last week, but it's a game we can finally talk about and talk about it we shall my god uh where do you guys want to start i've i've put about 30 hours into this thing so far i'm in the 20s that's the thing i don't i don't know because like i i get bored of it really easy but i i like a lot of it and then like i'll ask michael i'm like here's where i am he's like oh i just did that like how have i played 30 hours of what feels like the beginning of a game no well but the the part that you're talking about that is like oh i just did that is part of this second act of the game where you're given like four different quest lines that you can kind of pursue in any order. Okay, and I haven't I haven't done like any side stuff though. Any 
Mm. That's all mm. I... So what I basically did is I got past the first act, which is when you, you finally see the opening credits or the opening yes. title of the game is like after this huge first act. Um, and then it's like, oh, good. It's truly opened up to me now. And I'm just been doing nothing but side stuff since. Like I, I'm nowhere near really starting the main campaign, which I kind of like. I'm like, yeah, that, that's kind of how I do open world games is I'm going to get super op by doing all the side shit and getting really cool weapons and stuff then i'll go back to the story it's, so. it's the first time where I, I was telling michael i just encountered a mission like i'm just going to do the straight and narrow right now i just want to play more of this so i can talk about it in case it comes in our game of the year discussion and i just go and do this main mission it's like you need 500 dollars. my character's like i don't have 500 dollars. and then the, <laughs> my, my next goal is to go get 500 dollars. and like mm-hmm. shit i haven't like experimented at all like where the f- where do I get five hundred dollars in Night City? That sounds impossible. Go do some side <laughs> stuff. I know. Well, you you will quickly you'll you'll be earning that very easily once you kind of do enough stuff and because you start to get the higher level guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. But kind of on a related note, my one of my gripes um, is occasionally you'll go on a side mission where you'll just hit a blocker if you have not invested enough in a certain stat or skill. Now, some of those missions, and maybe it's all, and I'm just not seeing it. Some have allowed me to like – so like let's say I come across a door and it's like, oh, you need your tech proficiency to be like an eight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, okay, well, what if I jump up here? Oh, good. I can drop down through a roof. I can get past that door. Yeah. They don't always have those workarounds. Like, there mean, are just some missions I straight up had to come back to later. The, the ones that I've encountered like that have had those – like I think there was like one bit with like a drug lab that was on the second floor of a hotel that had a locked door and it's just like, oh, you don't have a high enough physical or body or technical skill, whatever – and I just like went out to like the fire escape and hopped over onto some air conditioning units. And suddenly I'm on a back balcony with an unlocked door and I just slip inside. Yeah. And all, all the gang members in there have like big skull icons above them, which means I'm not high enough level. So I just managed to sneak through that one and grab the thing I needed and sneak out. Oh, so lucky you. That's always a cool feeling. There's definitely some quality of life things that are currently missing from the game. So you mentioned the skull icons, which is yes. cool, right? Mm-hmm. But like they don't, I I was just kind of going around the map and you see, you highlight like, oh, this is a potential mission on a map and it doesn't tell you what it is. It's just kind of like, yeah, hey, it's a mission. And you can see where in areas of the city, it's like, oh, all of these missions are ranked like way too hard for me, you know, so I shouldn't go there. But there's nothing that tells you like, hey, you should probably stay out of this entire section of town because it's you're right. under leveled for it. Right. It's right, like you yeah. just have to infer it from the other missions. But sometimes the game will take you to those places on missions and you're like, oh, shit. And then you'll just be like, well, I just beat a mission here. I'm fine. And you'll walk down the street and everyone has skull icons over their head. And you're like, fuck, leave me out of here. I know, but a, 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 a game that's hanging its hat on cloud-based consciousness probably is like, get rid of, get rid of your notions of death. Like, just mm. <laughs> march in and get ready to die. There's no, there's no penalty. There, there's some other quality of life stuff, like the map. Michael and I were talking about is is very hard to read. Yeah, well, well, like it's intimidating because, like, for the first time, I'm seeing an open world and it's like littered with a bunch of icons. Like, I'm not sure what any of these mean. What are all these right. gigs? Do I have to go after the police uh, stuff now, or can is it just random? Like, is it always going to be there? That was that was pretty that was pretty agonizing. I had to go back to a location I'd been to before, and I open up the map and like, I, I really have to scroll over every area of this to see the place I've already been. Hmm. Why are you making? Yeah, <laughs> can there can there like maybe highlight where I have and haven't been? Like this, 
I have to search you want, all of like Night the, City. The Marauders map thing from Zelda that shows you all the places yeah. you've been on, or yeah. even just like let you let you filter your map by certain icons. Like, okay, I only want to see my main mission objective. Like the Assassin's mm. Creed games do this excellent, right? It's it's like show me main mission stuff. Okay, yeah. show me side mission stuff. Show me DLC mission stuff. You know, it's like they got it all kind of sorted. Whereas this one just feels a little old there. It's like, oh, yeah, you, sh- you should you should look what AC's doing and copy that with your map, you know. Or even just, I was complaining, and I know some people are like, no, it helps with the immersion. But I'm like, how come I can't just fast travel anywhere from anywhere? Why do I have to go up to one of these stupid fast travel points to fast travel? Like, it, it's just like this extra step that mm. they're putting in there that's no, really it's, annoying. It's like The Witcher. Um, so here, here, here's my question. And I, sure. I really don't want to, I don't want to, like... Cause I haven't played it, and I, that would be the—that's the unfair thing for me to be like, "Oh, I, I feel blah blah blah," and I, I you know, I, I haven't experienced it. So I, I would ask you guys: Does this just feel like an old game? And I and I mean that like in the sense of like the, the design aesthetic to it, like how it controls, like how everything goes into it. Like if this game had came out, forget even like what they're calling the last gen. It's still it's not because like most people still have PlayStation fours and Xbox, you know, uh, ones, but like if this came out as a PS three game, right. As a, as that generation game, like how is design, would there still be as much of a, an uproarious, like, Oh, this, like, this is like, what are you doing? Because of like it being an older game. So, sometimes it feels older, but and then in other yeah. places, it'll completely do something you've never seen before in a game. And so it's like, it's a mix, you know, it's like, it is starting to feel like a Bethesda game for me in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, it's like a faster paced fallout with better shooting and sliding and acrobatic stuff. So yeah. yeah in that, in yeah. that sense for me, it feels really modern because I hate the way fallouts feel. I think, I don't know if we <laughs> that made it in the show. Leif was asking me like, do you like fallout? And I'm like, no, <laughs> do you like, <laughs> do you like Bethesda games? Like, not really. Oh man. Am I going to like cyberpunk? But I sort of do. It reminds me when Nagata trying to, to thrust me, he tried to thrust us into Witcher 2, which at the time was mm-hmm. PC only, mm-hmm. and how it was like super dense and convoluted in ways I feel like other games have managed to streamline. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and since then, that in that sense, it feels really old. But the presentation, even I'm technically playing on a last gen, it still looks far above board. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you that's you that's interesting because. If you went on gaming Twitter right now, mm-hmm. they would have you believe the game looks like a PS1 game because they what what I'm guessing is happening is there are moments on the on the console versions where the textures take forever to load in or it's bugged out and they just won't load in and so yeah, you will have a character look very low poly and stuff but then like the rest of the game looks amazing. You you sent us that Digital Foundry video and they were comparing the look of all of these versions and I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, technically I can see there's a difference, but it's not like yeah, it's not it's, like it, how gaming Twitter would have you believe it. Yeah, well, I, I think it's I think it's more of like the older older systems, right? Like if I, if I have a PlayStation Four yeah, Pro, like a launch PlayStation I, Four, as right? Well. No, yeah. but that's what this video was comparing. It was comparing base PS4 to PS4 Pro to PC performance, and even hmm. the base PS4 or the base PS4 stuff it was showing, yeah, it dipped into like 15 to 20 frames at times. But it's not – people would have you believe those versions are completely unplayable and they might be because of the bugs and crashing. I don't know. It's – that's – one one thing we were talking is like I'm playing on PC on a uh, – my I have a 2080 card mm-hmm. and I think this game must have been optimized for that because I've, I've encountered relatively few bugs or issues 
and I feel like I'm playing a different game than I the mean, game I hear everyone else talk about. I'm, I'm playing on PC with a 3080, so my, it looks amazing. I am encountering tons of bugs. <laughs> like, mm. I'll, I'll be honest, and like, uh, and, and it's it's mostly like what I call fun bugs, like mm. uh, going down an elevator with this one character, and he's like reflected in the windows, but for some reason his reflection in the window. Uh, his coat isn't loading as an object, so he just looks like he's got Rayman hands with, like, a vest and no arms. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely encountered... So I was streaming it earlier this week, and I encountered a fun bug of, like, an enemy was trying to get out of the car to attack me, and she got stuck in the hood of the car and was frozen there. And then I was like, well, shit, I gotta finish the mission. So I shot her in the head with a shotgun, as you do, yep. and that made her go back into the seat of the car... Yep. But she was just stuck, frozen in that animation, like holding the steering wheel. I got While the, in car the car caught on fire. And she <laughs> yes, just... yes. And then that, that's the next beat. So then I was like, well, shit, I, she's not dead. Shot her again in the head. The car gets set on fire. She doesn't react at all. It's amazing. You said it in the video, but it would make a nice meme. It is the embodiment of the it is fine meme. Uh, it, she, it was, she was basically the this is fine is on meme. fire, no reaction. But you know what? The mission completed. And then the second the mission completed, it was a mission where you're going after a rogue taxi cab. It's like, fine, I'm leaving. It goes to drive away and immediately hits a wall 20 feet away and gets <laughs> stuck in there. It was so perfect. I was like, oh, wow. Like the, the ambulance and the Simpsons. Uh, it, yeah. I, I, I'm see, I, I know, like, I trust me, I am annoyed with the hype behind cyberpunk. Punk, so I know that leads the internet to develop a tendency to want to see things that take it down a peg because it. I don't remember a game being talked about this much for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm playing yeah. on PS5, and I genuinely can't tell you whether the PS5 itself is breaking or Cyberpunk 2077 is breaking. I have crashes, but as far as like the bugs that you guys have had, I haven't experienced like anything like that. Yeah. Um, not even none of the silly fun stuff. Yeah, the I mean, one thing PS5 is lacking right now is RTX. You're not getting any because mm-hmm. so, the ray tracing will come into the console version sometime next year. They're yeah. saying, mm-hmm. but like you were saying, though, you you don't know what you're missing until right. You, you I, know, I had to ask you guys because like you guys are playing allegedly the ideal version, and I'm I'm playing a scaled up, like not even a scaled up. What do you even call that? Like I'm just playing the old. I'm playing the PS4 version on an upscaled machine, right. so my frame rate's yeah. okay. So when I watch that Digital Foundry video, like the frame rate's not good, but like those screenshots I've seen, like you know, look like Keanu Reeves with eyeliner on. Like I don't know where you're seeing that, like or how that, you're. That is that, that thing I was talking about, where it's like a texture has to be half loading in. Basically, you're playing on like an overclocked PS4. Chris, and I think, and I was reading about just the nature of those systems, and that just the reality is the PS4 and original Xbox is probably don't have the memory to handle this game at all like just right. just out of the box it shouldn't be on these systems at all <laughs> yeah. right now yeah and i i and i you know i i said it i i really think this game like i get why you had to put it out i get pushing milestones i get pushing everything back but just put this out in march and make it a ps5 xbox series you know xbox series PC mm-hmm. only game. Just like just just push it back. Like that way you don't have to rush out and and put out you know two you know two big fixes in January and February. And like the 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 stuff like the stuff that people are the, the other stuff that people are angry about the game is just going to be there. It just is what it is, right? Yeah, check like, this. Check this. Yeah. I was going back in the past and like I think I, I think Witcher, Witcher three had a day and date launch with PC and consoles. Mm. But but no other CD Projekt Red game before that until I think we met when I'm at a party our company was throwing 
for the year late console version of Witcher 2. That's exactly where we met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly, <laughs> that's, that's that's exactly what they used to do. They waited a year and optimized it for smaller platforms. And like, mm-hmm. it, I'm just sort of. But you didn't optimize it for next gen platforms? Fucking right. weird. I, okay. I, that's, I mean, that would be my thing. I don't. Especially like like you guys said, like if the if the optimum experience right now of playing that game is on PC, mm-hmm. and that's where your audience for CD Projekt Red games are, like like realistically, that's where a lot of their audience is. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it would be really cool to have this game on a console, but just wait. Like, I to me, I don't I, I don't yeah. understand what would be the problem of just waiting. I think I heard somewhere sixty percent of the eight million. Pre-orders. They they had day one. They had sold eight million units of this game, so they did. Right. They already made all their money back. But sixty percent were PC, which is yeah. really really high compared huh. to that most. Really you know, and I'm sure that the the reasoning for releasing this now is like, you know, they had to have had like a lot of deals in place with with Sony, with Microsoft, with retailers. Mm. So it's they, yeah. I'm sure they were under immense pressure. Like, get this out for the holidays. We need the business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. That. That's. I mean, the other thing is they are a publicly traded company in uh, in Poland, so the they face pressure there of like, no, you have to hit quarterly numbers and shit, and it sucks. That's too bad. Release game, but it's got. Bu- mm-hmm. That's too bad. Release game. Watch <laughs> henchman caught gun. <laughs> good Pol- Good Polish impression. I did it. The the thing that I worry about this game is, I worry that this game becomes like. Bioshock Infinite, right? And, and here's what I mean by that. I think, like, I think, like, with all the chatter around the game, just in general with everything, I think it's a game that we are going to, it's, like, very hot and heavy now, but because when it's released and because, like, just the negative, like, just aura around the whole thing with the game, mm-hmm. like, in two or three years, it's a game that we don't talk about. And that, and I think that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest, like, actual flaw to it i I think there's a chance that'll happen but like uh i think i would argue witcher 3 which did launch day and date on previous previous gen consoles but then had a definitive edition that was there early on for ps4 and xbox one users i have that they were able to discover the witcher 3 a comprehensive version that ran amazingly for 20 dollars at the launch of those consoles and i think that's i think that that's where the witcher 3 accrued a ton of its that's why so many people are excited about uh, cyberpunk cuz cd project red wasn't a name before witcher 3 a uh, household gamer name people forget the witcher 3 launched very very buggy like they had to change the way the main character walked because people were like he basically there was like too much lag with the stick and he would run too many extra steps and like you know that they had to patch that and i remember i grabbed the witcher 3 right away at launch and i played it for like an hour and i'm like oh my god it was it was same same deal as this game i was overwhelmed by the map and then i started hearing all the bug stuff and i said you know i'm just gonna wait and i i waited like a year to play that Mm -hmm. game until all the dlc was out and all the patches were done and it's one of my games of that generation and as much as michael and i were talking like we're compelled to go back to this game. It just like there's something cool about it. I'm I'm at the point, my gaming backlog's so large. We're, we're doing all our game of the year stuff. There's other games I need to play. I'm I think I'm gonna set this one aside for now. Even though I actually it's I really like it. It's like one of my yeah. games of the year, personal. Just to let the bugs simmer and get yeah. worked out. And they always do right by their fans in terms of additional content. When I come mm-hmm. back to that game, you know, maybe February or March of next year, 
it's going to be such a better game and yeah. and I already like it so I'm like yeah this sure. one could could sit for a little bit with me so, you know, I, I'm fine I think with I think you're right if like the stink stays on the game which is mm. totally possible where this is just like a, a pariah but like there's probably a reality in in 7 months this will be a, on Game Pass and we'll have Xbox Series Xs everywhere and it'll be on PS Plus people will mm. download it and young kids will be fan of I'm saying this as someone who, like, I don't typically like... <laughs> Young what, kids playing this game? I, I hope no. not, because there are so many dildos in this game, <laughs> just yeah. to start. They're, they're patching those out. They're patching out those dildos. Yeah. That yeah, is the thing that they're doing. They're patching out the dildos. There's a great interview on Kotaku yeah. from, from our buddy Nathan Grayson, but, like, just talking about the fucking dildos. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, but, it, uh, yeah, I, th- I think... But, I th- like, I this is not a game that's not typically for me, but I still think... Mm. As much as everyone's shitting on it, like there is something amazing happening um, right. in Cyberpunk. Yeah. There's a really, really strong narrative and great design, and it's it is compelling. I wish they consulted with Aaron Sorkin on how to add have characters that can walk and talk and not just stare at one another in these great environments <laughs> and have thirty minute conversations with one another. But uh, but other than that, like I can I see this game is there's something objectively good about it, and it's it. May have not met a lot of people's expectations, but that stuff will get ironed out. And, yeah, I and, think and so wait, too. if you feel like waiting, wait. Maybe they will make the driving actually usable. That's all. Oh, I'll that say. is totally unnecessary. Can you just skip the driving altogether? Like just. <laughs> I mean, that's that's my complaint about the fast travel. Is all I want to do is fast travel because the driving, every car understeers. What car in an open world yeah. game doesn't have an e brake? It does. I discovered one Where? on your. Well, it's an Xbox oh, yeah. controller. It's the A button. They just don't tell you. That's that. right. It's not on screen. Assholes. But but like you know, we're talking about people shitting on the game. Like one of the things that I've heard, other than the you know the transphobia, the usual stuff, is that this is built on this sort of '80s paranoia view of mm-hmm. like Japanese corporate globalism. And it's like, well, that that if we look back on that, we can see that that was kind of a racist, unfounded fear. Um, but so, and so making the argument that like, well, this is building on that, like this, this world is building off of cyberpunk 2020, which assumed that by the year 2020, the world would already be like this. People would be chopping off their arms and replacing them with cybernetic, uh, prostheses and the Japanese would have mostly taken over. The U S would be, uh, balkanized and like night city on the West coast would be this free city, quote unquote, under corporate control and seeing it through this game. Like it's this weird sort of like it's uh, night city is effectively under the control of the Arasaka corporation. Uh, and on the one hand, like, yeah, okay. Maybe this, uh, Zaibatsu, this idea of like these corporate samurai overlords that have basically colonized a, a gigantic American city uh, that has racist underpinnings for sure. On the other hand, this world is cool as shit. <laughs> like, I love yeah. the atmosphere here. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, I've heard this game described as a vibe. Mm-hmm. It is a whole vibe. Yeah. This game mm-hmm. is definitely a vibe. Yeah, and I yeah. I love there's a mission where like they have this uh, parade with these hologram projecting floats, and so you're like just sneaking around uh, the all these balconies and catwalks while these gigantic projections of like dragons and koi are swimming past you through the air. And it's like this is beautiful. And then like you you look up and you see like here are these giant floating airships that are projecting these things. And it's like and that's kind of ugly. 
but in like an industrial way that it's just like, look at this ugly thing that's projecting all this beauty to, to distract you from the ugly thing. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a neat moment and it wouldn't be it's, possible. It's difficult without to hate. And I'm, I'm a guy who's been pretty negative towards the fallout games. It's, it's part of the reason why I wanted to main path this game. Cause I always get sick in fallout games of learning a mechanic. I don't use for nine hours. And then there's no tutorial to teach me how to use it again. I stand by my summary last week, which is this game to me feels like a Bethesda game, maybe with an upgraded engine and some better mm. storytelling. And like the mission structure is better yeah, than maybe, any maybe of I'd those compa- games. Like it feels Bethesda-y. I would also kind of compare it to Deus Ex in that like it's yeah. more shootery. It's the, the gunplay is very quick and responsive. Uh, it is a little yeah. weird that you have to, you know, score five or six headshots on someone before they'll go down a lot of the time. With a yeah. shotgun. Holy Lord. This guy's face is already open with cybernetics. Why is this hard to get my sh- shotgun? It, it is weird it. when you knock dudes down with your shotgun repeatedly and they keep standing back up before mm-hmm. they're actually dead. Mm-hmm. You're just like, come on. I, I got like a super powerful weapon by doing this really ridiculous, like the, this huge difficulty spike mission that I was totally unprepared for. I finally got through it and scored like this ridiculously OP uh, precision rifle. And I tricked it out with a mod that made it non-lethal. So like it can drop anyone in a couple hits, but a lot of the time they'll like just start staggering around and vomiting uncontrollably before they collapse. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. And I see a little thing popping up like nausea. Like nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those, those players who are like, it's not a good idea to present me with too many options, but I haven't felt all that overwhelmed a uh, mm. dozen or so hours in. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I was saying that. Like I, I just discovered. Like, oh, okay. So there's there's perk menus underneath every attribute in your character progression menu, and then I found out like I didn't realize there's like two or three pages of perks under each of yeah. those. And yeah. and at the same time, like I don't feel like I've missed anything crucial by not knowing that. Like. That's that quality of life stuff I was yeah. talking about is like they they really need to rework the menu system. And the other thing is, too, is someone else I was talking to pointed this out to me is this is because they are a PC developer. They've always kind of had this rep of, hey, you need to rework your UI for consoles. I couldn't imagine trying to read some of this stuff on on console versions like it's it's barely readable on my PC and it's you know, it's navigatable with on PC. But for console i'd be like no this is a mess what are we doing i i, I was know? looking through a tutorial this is embarrassing i never want to tell this on mike i couldn't find how to use my perks yeah and i went and looked and started like where are they like where the fuck are they and a lot of the pc menus were different i don't know if somebody customized how they did shit they were different but i still maintain if that could have been the weirdest bug i'd ever seen michael's like they're in your stupid stat screen i'm like i'm here there is no way to add any perks. And I'm hovering yeah. over all of my stats, and then I hover over reflexes, and then the, and all of a sudden a prompt for a perk shows up. It doesn't show up on any other stat. Yeah, so well, like, you, you, you hover over, and then you hit the button, and then it no, opens No, I'm telling the you, the prompt never appeared at all, like at any point in the game. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Only, it only appeared when I hovered over one specific kind of stat. There's some problems with the menus where they tell you the wrong button to press. It's like, uh, press this to confirm, and it's a totally different button that you have to press. And I'm like, all right. You're, so you're I went in there and added off. a perk, and I jumped out. and like, oh, I can add a perk to every one of these skills. You fuckers. What? <laughs> Why did yeah. this not appear for for hours, for hours into the game? This did not this the option to add a perk did not appear. I'm I am a stupid person. Everyone is free to say that, but like I swear to Christ, I looked everywhere and looked up tutorials on how to add perks. They just weren't showing me, or the prompt wasn't showing up. Mm. 
and everyone looks bored with this, but it's still my cross to bear. There's some f- fidgety stuff in there. Like I, mm. I'm the kind of person that I love like Diablo type things where it's like, ooh, I got a more powerful weapon and kind of juggling my weapons to have the latest and greatest. Like there's a ton of that in this game. You're going to be in your menu a lot, like figuring out your more, most powerful gun. So I, I will if I like the gameplay, but something about I, I haven't wished I had a mouse for a really long time. To yeah, be honest. well, that, that I was telling telling Matt, it's like it's it's like playing on PC gives me the cybernetic enhancement of being able to take my right hand off the controller and put it on the mouse during yeah, firefights. That's true. That's true. It makes it a little easier. It, it just yeah, it just there's certain things like I have a feeling I'm going to be able to upgrade. It, I, I will be able to upgrade this to be a better shooter through perks and ability upgrades because right now in the beginning this. Is not great, <laughs> as which far as is the, the case. Goes. There, there are perks that let slow down time when you dodge yeah. during gunfire. Like it, it's meant the cybernetics. There's, a, mm. I found out last night. I was someone was watching my stream. They're like, I got an upgrade where I can double jump. I was like, you what? Yep. And then yeah. I, I went oh, to oh. one Ripper dock, and it's like, granted, they're forty five thousand credits, but I'm like, I need to save up for those. I yeah, want that's to what I'm saving jump. up for. Hmm. That's cool. I, I do like also. There's a bunch of little little Easter eggs and references in this. Like you, Matt, found. Uh, there, there's one mission that makes you track down like these 16 different, uh, rogue AI taxis and, uh, they, they each have a different thing. And the one you found was like, this is literally GLaDOS. Like if it's not the original voice of GLaDOS from portal, it sounds exactly like her. And she even makes a joke about cake. The the writing actually changes at that point. I'm like, oh God, you, you got the portal writers. Cause mm-hmm. it's like really like that's the mission I was talking about where I had to shoot that one NPC who was frozen. And the, the second I shot her, it's like, uh, I have your test results. I hate you. And I'm yeah, like, yes, that is the GLaDOS. Person. I know that's just what it says. You're horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're horrible. And then, and then I also found like one of the cyber psychos that you have to hunt down was like, this yes. is, this is a direct reference to ghost in the shell. Uh, the, you're, yeah. you're fighting this Lieutenant mower, uh, who's on this like reflective, like slightly flooded uh plaza that you know she's running around on and doing a bunch of martial arts stuff it's like an homage to one of the final scenes of ghost in the shell and mower is also like kusanagi is is uh major uh kusanagi in ghost in the shell uh kusanagi means grass cutter so Mm. grass cutter mower um but i thought that was kind of cool little, little touch yeah, this game is jam packed full of references. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. just tell. Like it's, but yeah, to me, I'm I, I'm still loving it. It's it's in my personal top ten of the year. But I still think, look, I mean, dude, Dragon Quest Eleven just came out to PC, and I'm like, mm. I, I played like a quarter of the way through that game on PS4, and I was like, I want to go back. Like, there's other games I can play in the meantime and be totally fine with coming back to this when the bugs have been addressed. I'm fine with that, you know. And it's just also like, again, I'm playing on PS5, which is an up. Scale version of PS4, I don't know if my crashes are cyberpunk related or PS5 related. Yeah, because you, you had bad luck with other games on your PS5. Yeah, yeah I mean, this shit, the first time it crashed was in the middle of an unskippable cinematic. So, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do about that? Uh, did I look the wrong way, load too much memory? No idea. Um, but but I, I, it's not my game of the year yet, but it, like... No, it's it's hardly a bad game, but in, mm. in every bug I've I've seen, like it's funny, but like these aren't game breaking bugs. It doesn't doesn't have game breaking bugs yet. This is this is poised to be a great game and yeah. a, a very yeah. memorable game for people. Yeah, I agree. It just feels a bit unfinished, but it's great. It's I, I think I think what we're realizing, and this is a 
I'm not making excuses for CDPR for anything by any stretch of the imagination, but they're a much smaller, possibly less competent company than everyone gave them credit for, despite their pedigree of making one of the best games of the previous generation. Um, they have messed up the PR cycle, the development cycle, the release, and, well, the polish. They've messed up the polish on hmm. this series. And, yeah, they might have bit off more than they can chew, but, you know... Players' expectations. Micah was sending sent us some stuff of the Reddit from like I've been crying all day and like you put a lot. You're responsible for putting a lot of faith in I've this. I've been waiting too. for like, this, this game for eight years and I just realized it's not the game I've been dreaming about every day. Like okay, maybe yeah. uh, maybe take some responsibility for your own projection there. I don't know. So I don't know. Like uh, I'm not blaming gamers for this at all, but I uh, um there, uh, under the hood, there's a really good game here. I think and. Hmm. Again, leaning more towards your taste than mine. Uh, I don't think I could put it in my game of the year list, even seeing what it is. And uh, you know, I, I I don't know. Sorry, I'm I'm real. It is very well written. It yeah. is very like the this the design and scale is pretty beautiful. Um, and I'm not seeing what you're seeing. Mm. And also, Keanu Reeves has a great presence, even if after a few hours you start to notice that all of his lines are delivered like this. I did They've this. All, they all always have in been. one day. Mm. Yeah, they haven't. It's just they have been for thirty years. What are you talking I always about? That's talking a slightly aggressive monotone. I mean, somebody somebody said it. I I love. I made a case, by the way, for our mo- greatest movie of the decade for the John Wick films. All three of them. I think they're fantastic, mm. and I love Keanu. But uh, I hated him in Toy Story Four as Duke Kaboom. Like this sounds like an unprofessional actor for something. <laughs> <I forgot laughs> <that was> <laughs> I loved him as Duke Kaboom. I thought Duke Kaboom ruled in that movie. I, well, you mean because he's a, a born loser. And, but yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think. I mean, I think this isn't. This isn't a. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who was the original Ghost. Um, original Ghost. In, oh, in Peter Dis- Dinklage. Yeah, it's not a Peter Dinklage situation, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Where Peter Dinklage like kind of felt like. Oh, you! He's he's definitely not phoning it in. This is a passionate performance. It's just a very flat one. I've I've heard a lot of critiques talk about the VO being bad, like people are phoning it in, and I I've only heard a couple that I'm like, no, for the most part, it's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think I think the voice acting and the the dialogue choices are pretty fucking astounding, actually. I haven't played a good Bioware game in a while, so I kind of missed whatever is going on here. You know, I, I I do get, you know, the typical, like, I don't think I'd put emphasis on that word the way that you just did. but <laughs> Sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it's there's a, oh, there's also a lot of VO in this game. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, it's not all going to be Academy Award stuff. Yeah. And I'll say, like, uh, people who have, like, problem with, like, the tilted, like, kind of the tilted dialogue, it does seem like, I think Jeff Gershman said this on uh, Giant Bombcast this week, like, this was translated from like they actually had english like translators on here so that could also be a barrier as well as like this is a translated work and like people like as an anime fan right like we there's been so many things where like someone's like oh this vo sucks like cam clark is not a good voice actor it's like no he is it's just like when they were translating you know from japanese to english like maybe it just some of the things didn't just feel right to say as a voice actor you know that's the thing you have to also kind of look at yeah oh i do i do want to give credit to cg project cd project red well i i uh you know there there is obviously a lot of criticism about representation in this game i feel like this is a much more diverse game than say witcher 3 and that like 
I'm walking around the streets of Night City and like I see a bunch of different people of different races and different body types and it feels like walking around in a real city and like there's there's like these dense crowds that you can, you know, start wedging your way through like it it is the most convincing open world city I think I've played in a long time. Yeah. I will say it is weird cuz I have seen some people play a gameplay of Jackie eating noodles and they'd be mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, this is exotic." Like, "Oh, in 2077, mm, noodles really. exotic? Like, they're not exotic in 2020, you know? Like, like half the people in this <laughs> game are sitting around eating out of Chinese takeout containers. Right. So I was just like, that was like, to me, I was like, how is that weird? Then obviously, you know, other stuff. Like like I said, this, I will probably end up playing this game, like like Matt said. If I, if I do end up playing this game, it might be in a year or so. Like, I, it was a game that I was very excited for. And then, like I said, a lot of the dialogue came out. And again, that's not... It's not for me to be upset about because it, it it's not, you know, it's not representation that is, you know, that I I personally have had, you know, an ability to be like, oh, I, I don't think this is, I don't think it's done right. Like, it's not for me to be in that space. But, like, I also don't, I also can wait and then go at it then. You know, I, I think that's important for me to be like, I can wait. And, and play it at another time when there's like more of a fleshed out game and I've been able to read and be able to like get more context with stuff because like now it's actually in people's hands and we can actually find out where these things go and how they actually interact in the game. Let's move along. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let's move along. Uh, yeah, we've been, we've been talking about this for a while. It is not the only game that came out in the past week. Uh, Might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other one? Medal of Honor 167. Above and gigabytes. Beyond. Above and Beyond, yes. Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, a VR-only uh, Medal of Honor game created by Respawn Entertainment. I tried to grab it to play before today's show. However... It is roughly 165.7 gigabytes download from Steam, which is a lot. And I yeah. think I started, <laughs> uh, re- you know, downloading it around uh, 12.30. And when we started around 7.30, it had just finished. So I had a very slow connection on top of that. <laughs> oh, no. But, oh, no. I, I read some, I don't know, not, 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 not great reviews, but it is like the first AAA shooter. There is something... There is something. How did this work out? It's Respawn working on Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. Right. This, they, they did this deal forever ago. This was when they were, I think, technically still independent, and they had just broken off from Activision, right? Like when they, right. they founded the studio. Yeah, yeah. But the the, the Call of Duty pioneers uh, making a Medal of Honor game. Mm-hmm. This is so bizarre. Yeah, no yeah. one is alive to care. But and, the document. <laughs> so the cool thing is there's supposed to be a really really good documentary in there like that's the only like i don't because I, I don't play a lot of like these kind of shooters but like i yeah. will play this because i want to see the documentary and it's supposed to be like tremendous a tremendous documentary in, in within the game huh. yeah, are you kidding like just- I, I, i'm not no there's like so they actually went and spoke with a lot of like world war ii veterans and mm-hmm. um with a lot of diverse backgrounds women men uh, people of color, like so. It's there's a very good documentary within the game that mm-hmm. I am super excited to actually uh, watch because, like, that's that's to me that's the drawing point for that. 
maybe it's an 8K and that's what the fucking download was. <laughs> yeah, like a hundred of those things yeah. are, are HD yeah. video. But but that that is one uh, I'll I'll share impressions of next week. Um, mm-hmm. Can't don't cool. really have much to say about it yet, other than wow, that's a big download. I hope it's yep. worth it. Um, also out this week, Among Us on Switch. That's yeah, that was a, a surprise <laughs> that they would do yeah, that. It, I think that was announced during the Game Awards, mm-hmm. or it might have been during there was like a Nintendo Indies thing. But um, yeah, that's everyone where it was had been. Everyone had been asking, like, when are you going to get Among Us on console? And they were like, now. It's yeah. out. Go play it on yeah. Switch. Nintendo doesn't require certification anymore. Everybody go! <laughs> it's going to be amazing. That game actually has a big following among kids. Uh, yeah. I was I was surprised, you know, because my kids watch the YouTube videos with people playing games and stuff. And, and I you know, normally I'm like, oh, you're watching some Minecraft here. Okay, fine. And then it was like... I don't know that you're old enough to be watching Among Us, you know, <laughs> but it's like fine, you know. You can turn off the gore in Among Us. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to look as bad. So that's like the cool thing with that. I don't know, like, Among Us is just one of those games, like, I really, really enjoy. Like, I'm actually going to be doing a game on Saturday for Sonya's birthday, because Sonya Valentine, who I podcast Ooh. with, uh, she turns 35 this Saturday. And she's been like, really like, hey, I want to play Among Us again. And it's like, yeah, I really love that game. Like, it's. It's weird because this is an old game, but it's in my game of the year, and it's high in my game of the year, just because, like, mm. it's one of those games, like, especially, like, in the world of this pandemic, it's just one of those things where we're able to still kind of, like, have an interaction that feels very, like, natural and germane, hmm. uh, out, you know, in, in the world where everything is, like, online and just being the imposter, like... Matt, I know you played because you played with me, but Michael and Chris, have you have you guys touched Among nope. Us yet? Nope. No. You guys no, should. The game is it's so much fun. It requires it really me to play is. with I, other I typically humans. don't touch a multiplayer game until yeah. I've seen it on Nick at Night. I'm just like... Uh. <laughs> Ooh, Battlezone. Uh, it's, like I said, and the great thing about it is like playing with like people... Like I said, just playing with people you know and just like mm-hmm. being able to... like gaslight people you know which is kind of like the thing like i i think like the first time i streamed it and i was doing really well it was like when i was the imposter i was going through like halfway through i was like oh i'm a monster like i'm an actual piece of shit like the whole time just like oh i'm just gaslighting everybody this is great i love it it's just i don't know it's a very fun game it's a really really fun game cool uh also a collection of saga final fantasy legend anyone play this no but this is this is the one I was looking up because I, I always have to remind myself what the hell this is. This is the one where the saga, the initial saga games that came out on the Game Boy, mm-hmm. right, were packaged in the West as Final Fantasy Legend because Final Fantasy brand had you know brand recognition over here. So mm-hmm. that's why this one has both names on it. But this is basically the first three saga games that were on handheld oh, platforms okay. way back and in they're- the day. Yeah. They're just the Game Boy Originals. They're not like redone or anything. They they have some quality of life things. They have like um like a lot of the Square games when they re release them they they'll have like high speed modes where you can mm-hmm. walk through the world really fast and probably my guess would be like what they do with the Final Fantasy releases they'll make it so you can like one hit kill any enemy if you just want to like experience the story they usually have those kind of upgrades on them. Yeah, it, it's very reminiscent of the Mana Collection before. Ah, yeah. You know they they actually did Trials this year they did the Mana Collection which had. You know all the mana games, including the mana game that was repackaged as Final Fantasy. Here, like that's that's what they like. They just you know put them out and like, hey, did you want to play these games? Like, here's the original version. Like, I would love to see a saga remade, like kind of like how they did with Trials this year, but like 
is there a market for that, right? Like, Second mm. Century 3, there was a market for it because people have been wanting that game since 94. But, like, is there a market to redo the Saga games? Like, completely repaint? That's going to be the question. And I guess that's what this package is for, is, like, how interested are people into, a, like, a remake of Saga, of the Saga mm. franchise? Interesting. It, wouldn't, it doesn't bode well based right. on this well, conversation. Well, we should probably but... move along into... Oh, Chris, you interrupted this time. Damn it. (laughs) Play it again. Uh, So, (laughs) this is always weird when a thing happens, like, right after we record, but before a show airs. So, it's going to feel like old news to you folks. But I I do have to go over. There were a lot of game announcements at the Game Awards. Since we last recorded. Yeah. (laughs) It's, well, but no, actually, in terms of game news... All that's happened is a bunch of cyberpunk bullshit since then. But in terms of like actual announcements, that they all still happen at the Game Awards. So let's go through Mm -hmm. the biggest. Uh, This one's for TL. Sephiroth is coming to Smash. Finally, (laughs) another sword fighter coming to Smash. Let's go. Cloud can't escape him no matter where he goes. Yeah, Uh, I thought it was like the great thing that Smash always does is like those character introductions. Like I thought Minecraft. It's my. It's it's one of my favorite movies. Here to have note too. Yeah, uh, this is like literally Severoth killing the the god of Smash Brothers, and then yeah. almost, and then also killing Mario. I don't care that they showed the part of him holding Mario's overalls. He murdered Mario. He knows he did. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, I think, I think Gene Jackson pointed out. It's like Nintendo and these Smash things have killed Mario and Luigi. Yeah, uh, yeah Luigi Ridley. got killed. Who killed Luigi again? It was uh, Ridley. Ridley killed. Yeah, Ridley that's killed right. the shit out of Luigi. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> and and like, didn't he also die in like the the Castlevania? Luigi thing? did, or that like death pulled his soul out or something? Yeah, Luigi. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's it, you know it is about time Mario finally died. Um, mm-hmm. That was I mean, it was I didn't expect it, and that's what's cool is like not expecting Sephiroth like. Because, like, who, why would you put Sephiroth in this game? But it makes sense. But to me, what this was more important is we will never see another PlayStation All-Stars game. Hmm. Like, because, like... Hmm. I, I think that was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> like, all the ones you'd put in PlayStation All-Stars is, like, they're just a smash now. Mm-hmm. So why would you? <laughs> I, I, I thought people would be... I'll never forget how I how I saw this. Because, like, uh, you guys were texting, Game Awards are on. I'm like, oh, Fuck! I'm in the Checkers drive-through, <laughs> so I discovered this trying uh, trying to pay for my season fries. Hmm. Uh, Sephiroth is in Smash, and I'm not saying I was disappointed, but the disappointment you get when Smash doesn't announce a new franchise coming to Smash. Right. So it's like it's hmm. not only you are not announcing fin- Final Fantasy cross Smash. I'm like, well, that already happened. Is it a different Final Fantasy? It is the same Final Fantasy. So, that, so other than that. Wham, but like, who doesn't love Seth? Well, great, it's a great addition. Yeah, I'm not, not bitching about it. Like I, I said, like, 19 year old me is very happy right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, what I think this opens the door with, I guarantee you, one of these, like, Sora. one of these, uh, it's Sora. It has, like, you're literally setting it up. Like, that's the only reason why you bring Sephiroth and Smash. That's the only reason why you do that stage and introduce mm-hmm. Sephiroth and Smash, because it very much looks like the, like, when Sephiroth came into Kingdom Hearts. I I I guarantee you one of these characters is just going to be Sora. 
And that's when that's when the internet's going to explode, and I will very, very, I will retire very, from the internet. Uh, Sora versus Sephiroth. Yeah, sure. All right, I'm going to move us along. Uh, <laughs> New Perfect Dark was revealed yeah. uh, in, a, yeah. in a cinematic trailer. And that was kind of a surprise. I don't remember anything about it other than that, like, oh, this actually looks really good, and I'm going to try to forget that Perfect Dark Zero was ever a thing. <laughs> How am I the only person on the internet that that thinks Perfect Dark Zero is an okay video game? <laughs> no one likes that game, but it's boring, I, 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 guess. I played it's boring. it a little bit at the, the 360s launch, and I, I remember not liking it very much and thinking that like how odd it was that like the the people in this they look like plastic mannequins. It's such a weird thing, like. Even that was a lot of 360 of launch games. games. A, lot, a lot of weird shines. Yeah, I, I, I read a I read a weird thing um, about the Smash reveal from Rare and he was talking about like what do you think of Banjo-Kazooie showing up in a trailer to promote Sephiroth and like that shit's awesome but it's depressing to see Nintendo doing better by the character than Microsoft has ever done Hmm. like there's been one Banjo-Kazooie game in like 10 years and he why isn't he their mascot what is Microsoft's mascot they don't even have one they're not doing anything with them Nintendo wants him Um, and then but then seeing the Perfect Dark trailer like oh neat reutilize something that means a lot to a lot of gamers and like i thought that was a really cool reveal because i didn't know what it was until the title came on yeah but it's not rare right this is it's the it's not rare and that's the thing it's not rare at all they did uh rare's not involved in the game the intersection whatever they're called um i thought it was the initiative but it might be initiative yeah does rare work on any of their classic titles like is is killer instinct even them Battletoads, um, I think, is the only no. thing that they worked That's on. That's that Amazon company now. What are they? Uh, well, for a while, Iron Galaxy was doing a lot of the Killer Iron Instinct Go. stuff. But uh, um, Back for Blood, a lot of people were saying revealed, and it was like, no, we knew this was a game, but I think it was the gameplay was revealed, which mm-hmm. is exactly what we thought it was. It looks like Left 4 Dead, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah. It's, 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 it's even got a number yeah, in the title, off. Back for Blood. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, that's intentional. They're calling mm-hmm. it back. Um, yeah. You notice how I buried my own news in here at number four, but uh, the Callisto Protocol is a brand new game announced by Striking I'm Distance Callisto, Studios. and this is my protocol. Thank you for <laughs> playing Twisted Metal. <laughs> I, reached out, I reached out to Matt as soon as I saw that trailer, and I was just like, dude, this fucking rules. Like, I'm, yep. I'm super... Like, I love, I love, like, horror like that. I loved... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the Dead Space games, like in like the, it just just looks like completely one million percent up my alley. Like I'm just like, yo, let's let's go. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Full disclosure, Matt, this is your game. That's what I yeah. said. I said I buried my 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 yeah. news forth. But yes, but to have yeah the the head of our studio, Glenn Schofield, who is one of the creators of Dead Space, making. Uh, sci-fi survival horror game again is like what people have been asking for for a long time and and this was just as a cinematic trailer and you know we people got the vibe and they're like I know what you're going for and this is awesome so it was great to, yeah. to get that reaction mm. cool. um, Disco Elysium has a final cut version that's free to people like Michael who already own uh-huh. the game that's basically just kind of like a definitive edition with I think they're adding some more story stuff to yeah, Disco Elysium. I'm kind Elysium. of excited about that it's a bit like Persona 5 Royal but for Dis- Disco yeah. Elysium <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. full voice acting, ah, yeah. which is very oh, very important. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna be full voice acting, which which is like it's a very long, large game with a lot of dialogue. So that's You'll super get to interesting. Hear more dialogue. <laughs> uh, other stuff that was announced. Let's see, Arc Two uh, was announced, <laughs> which is oh my god, it's Arc. 
Uh, I saw so many Fast and Furious jokes, but it's Arc 2 starring Vin Diesel. And not only starring, he is the executive producer on the game. Yeah. Uh, you guys I, seem I, thrilled I, about Arc. Like, I, I can, we were, I can we tell. We were wondering, like, okay, what, how, how much money do they have to spend? Because not only, like, Arc 2 with Vin Diesel, but Arc animated series with, like, an all-star roster of talent? Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but Ark's a big game, apparently. Like, apparently. It, I've never played Ark, but it's on everything, uh-huh. and it's, it's a very big, yeah. game. Yeah, it's it's almost surprising it's getting a sequel because a lot of the time with those big games they just keep going and going. But um, mm. yeah, to have this one uh, starring old Vinny himself uh, is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Master Chief is coming to Fortnite. This is one a lot of people were predicting. We talk about it's funny, like okay, uh, Smash gets Sephiroth. Who's Fortnite going to get? It's, it almost feels like Fortnite is trying to like compete with Smash to be like, yeah, we got all these characters. Because like what? Last week they got Kratos mm-hmm. from God of War and now they have Master Chief in there. So yeah. I mean, They have enough Marvel characters where they're almost winning. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris, I wanted your feedback on, on two of these games. Uh, first up, Evil Dead the game. That looks great. That looks great. And I, I thought our, our buddy Samuel Moon made a better point of it. It's the, the, the rights to Evil Dead... Uh, as a trilogy are all over the place mm-hmm. but this seems to represent the whole trilogy with mm. the night and it looks like left for dead with evil dead and it's it's odd to bring up next to back for blood because i imagine one of those is going to put most of its money towards gameplay it, it's a little bit a of a dead yeah. by daylight friday the 13th situation it's like oh you have very similar games one has a license yeah you know what would be <laughs> yeah. interesting is a game with like four deadites and one ash like friday the 13th but like you're the monsters running Holy from shit. the hero hire this man hire <laughs> this man. that's a great idea uh <laughs> and yeah. who knows maybe there's still time for it to be added but mm-hmm. Uh, another great idea would be bringing Ghosts and Goblins back because and it looks yeah. like they're doing it. Yeah. Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection is a side scroller. How would you describe this art, guys? It's like it's it, it's like medieval. It's like medieval art, right? Not really. It's it's like it, it looks like pencil drawing almost. But it's it, like the art viewed in a still image. Like this looks really great. It seems appropriate to the game. Um, I have seen people criticize it saying like, you know, part of the problem is like it pulls the camera out way too far for this quote unquote HD look. Uh, no. <laughs> and, but also the, the problem for me, I am not a fan of that animation style, that like paper doll flash style where it's just right. like, you can mm-hmm. tell this is a bunch of independent parts that are just moving around and yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not either, but like. I love Ghosts and Goblins so much. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Just as, as a thing. And I know there's a I know there's a lot of people wanting to make a Ghosts and Goblins game happen. I loved I got to work at Capcom for a little while and one of my some of my favorite stories are when Brett and I were we were working on something with Ghosts and Goblins and like the music the music kicked on in the middle of the floor and then all of a sudden people we didn't have a lot of conversations with or people who are like twenty years old and stuff come out like are you guys playing Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts? And like, oh shit. And we get to get to watch these people been working in the games industry melt and turn into little children. Because, I don't know, you don't need a history lesson on Ghosts and Goblins. But it was it, it was the best looking game of all time in 1985. And yeah. for like an entire year. It, it, yeah. it transfixed gamers and I understand it lost a bunch of people. But it is so cruel and unnecessarily hard. <laughs> Just widening the screen a little bit would like... 
Thank you. I can see a red armor coming. Everything seems really random. There's not a lot of patterns to recognize. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of dying to see a remake of Ghosts and Goblins because it's it's. Yeah. I love the design. I love the characters. I love the enemies. I love the story. Uh, I would just love a game that isn't so punishing, or at least had difficulty levels. Because it's literally a game that was like built too much quarters, and like now to see someone like take an actual like design doc of like okay how do we make this game that's challenging for older players but actually playable for like a lot of people yeah. like that's that is what i'm very interested like i love this franchise just like chris like i this is one yeah. of like when i when i think of like capcom to me it is mega man and it's this game like those are like mm. the things that are like ingrained into my dna like non-street fighter and like in arthur yeah. leads the charge whenever there's a uh, ensemble capcom game and he hasn't had a game in 15 years this yeah. is great. I'm so happy. Uh, last two big announcements. Bioware was there in a big way with two big showings. First off, um, they had, I think it was cinematic trailer for, for Dragon Age 4. So we finally saw did a little they, bit more of Dragon Age 4. Did they put a numeral on it? I think it was just Dragon Age. Yeah, it's just called Dragon Age. Yeah. Okay, did they do th- I, I know they did that with the next one, which is, yeah, Mass Effect. They just said Mass Effect. Yes, like, they, they, they did didn't throw anything on it. And I, I thought maybe, like, what, is this just going to be a game called Dragon Age? Like, are they going to say, like, oh, no, it was Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition. And this is the game that happens in between Origins and 2. So this is actually Dragon Age 1. <laughs> I think you might be overthinking that. Because like, with Mass Effect, it almost just it's felt, never you know felt like to me? with video games, man. I, I don't know what it was with both of these announcements. I thought Bioware should have changed their name to Vaporware. Here's some games with no titles or releases. These felt to me more like franchise, like, hey, reminder, we're mm. still working on games in these franchises. It was more more like that, like a trailer, like, we're still here. We're still doing what you love. But That's people what were I really was hyped. saying when thinking about Cyberpunk, like, when's the next Bioware game? And, like, up until the Game Awards, like, we didn't know. Mm. Like, they're just like, yeah, we're working on something as people quit left and right. What's weird to me, though, is, like, both of those trailers were very expensive trailers. And so it's it's such a weird thing to not have like a beat like yes this is for this game that you can buy eventually. It's just like yeah, look look how big these these are really big cool things. Can't really tell you much more. I am I, yeah. I am incredibly skeptical because the only news I read about BioWare were a bunch of its founders leaving uh, the previous yeah. week and I wouldn't put it past a company the size of EA to spend a million or so dollars on a couple trailers to reaffirm faith in the company even though these games may never see the light of day. Yeah. I do know like with Dragon Age there has been there has been like chatter of like a little bit about what the game is and like there's been speculation from people as well as like hey, we know that they've wanted to do like this kind of like heist game. Because, uh, like, they've they've said it's not going to be connected to your Inquisitor or any... Like, all Dragon Age games are not connected. Um, but the thing that, like, Dragon Age fans want to do is they want to fight the egg. Like, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, without spoiling that game, they want to fight the egg. Um, and that is, that's a, <laughs> that is... That is... That I mean, is if they, they if they wanted me to be an egg, I would have been the Eggman. TL, I just would have been the Eggman. <laughs> no, uh, they want so they, they want it to be Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, and then, like with Ma- with Mass Effect, I thought it was very important that they showed those two galaxies. I know that's like the big takeaway thing, like because mm-hmm. like the trailer. If you look at it like cursory, it is very much N seven N seven. Forget about Andromeda and Seven, but like you actually see the Andromeda universe, and you're able to see like, oh, we are pulling from both worlds. So, is this a game where it's kind of going to both? Was that Liara? I thought it looked like Phoebe. Yeah, it that looked was like me. Liara, but 
Yeah. Yeah, so who yeah. knows? I, yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm glad that they are working on that. I'm glad that people are getting paid to make N7 stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the way, this was an award show, so actual awards were, were won. Um, I won't go through all of them. I will just yeah. say... We can focus on Game of the Year. What I was about to go into, the big winner of the show with seven awards, including Game of the Year, is The Last of Us 2. The yes. Last of Us Part 2. And that that's, one, that's one uh, that's like, a lot. I I don't think that would be my top pick, but I also don't disagree. I get why they would make this decision. Mm-hmm. Like that is that I, I thought that was a phenomenal game. Mm. I think it was so they won so many awards, and then they had that performance of Eddie Vedder doing that mm-hmm. song from the game. Like the show ended up just having this big like Naughty Dog Last of Us Two feel because it kept coming up, and we knew it was nominated for. I think it was it was tied maybe with Hades for most nominations. Hades did win a few awards, yeah. but um, I was hoping Hades Hades would hang in there for Game of the Year, but alas. Uh, and I think the one that won fan choice game of the year was uh, Ghost of Tsushima. So. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Both of which I like more than Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who Eddie Vedder was. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! We're not no. that young. Did we not ask dude? the black like, community if they, if they knew who Eddie Vedder was? <laughs> um, I've only heard of Pearl Jam. I've heard Pearl Jam songs, hmm. but always been in passing. I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan. You got it, dude. You got to hear the song. It's called King Jeremy. It's the best. It's um, <laughs> and I thought Eddie Vedder was a thing that happened on the thing. I was really bummed out because apparently on the pre-show is when they put in the performance by uh, Lin, uh, by Lynn, the the performer who does a lot of the Persona Five songs, mm-hmm. and was yes. doing the the Persona 5 scramble version of Last Surprise, which is like, I would have loved to see that instead of Eddie Vedder doing his song. TL can name more Hanna-Barbera characters than I can and didn't know who Eddie Vedder... I'm never going to be able to move past this. (laughs) And there's no reason to. I'm not shaming you at all. No, I, I... I, it's fine. It's okay. I don't need to know who any better is. Like, I know. Do you, do you who, know? I, do you know who Scott Stapp is? <laughs> Florida boy Scott he Stapp. He does too. He does too. Even through negativity, you know who the lead singer of Creed is. He I know who Scott Stapp. I know who Scott Stapp is. One, because I've heard Creed songs, but two, I've also had conversations with you and Sarah and yes. Sam. So yeah, I know who Scott Staff is. Just He general. is doing an impression of Eddie Vedder, both in his hair oh, yes. and vocal stylings. Uh, and he's been cast this week as Frank Sinatra in the Dennis Quaid movie about Ronald Reagan. What? That's the silliest thing I've ever read in my life. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Everyone's eyes got big like, really? I don't want to talk about what? this, but shit. <laughs> Oh, boy. I'm looking forward to that one with arms wide open. Am I right, Chris? Am I right? Hey, hey, hey. Bring, bring, brop and a brim, bram, broom. Jesus Christ pose. And I don't think the box office could get any higher. Do you, Chris? Huh? Huh? So The Last of Us was the VGA's uh, was video game awards. Ga- game, of, the, game of the, the year. I had, had to make that distinction. The video game awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, game of the year. It, it was just one of those things, like you guys said, like kind of like, I don't know if I agree with it. But also, it just made sense. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I I've seen people be upset, and it sucks that Haiti. Because again, I have heard nothing but great things about Haiti. I and everyone who plays Haiti says like, "Yo, you need to play Hades." Um, I think that to me seems like what should have been the game of the year. But these awards, like, 
it doesn't matter what we think, honestly. Like there, there are critics who vote on it, and if they felt very strongly about that story, about you know that that game. Then that's what should have happened. I I, I forgot Last of Us Two existed because like uh, everyone talks about it for like three weeks, and then like I've never heard anybody rediscover the game's pretty good, and like the game's exactly like the first one with a really weird twist and a couple of great new characters. Um, but it just didn't blow my skirt up and I don't think about it ever. Hmm. Um, as opposed to a bunch it. of other stuff that was nominated. Yeah. Hmm. I thought, I thought, I, I also thought Animal Crossing probably should have gotten a little bit more of a push because like that is a game that I don't think I've stopped thinking about since March, hmm. which like it got, was, should have been eclipsed by Doom Eternal and should have been eclipsed by The Last of Us uh, Part 2. Uh, but it's just like, it's still a thing. Yeah, but if you want to talk it. about a game that's the same as the last version, hmm. that's every Animal Crossing game. You know, it's not it's yeah. not doing too much new yeah. there. So maybe that's, that's why. Your... I didn't care for New Leaf because <laughs> I played Horizon <laughs> way more. I didn't care for. You know what game we can't stop thinking about because it's in the news. It was it was in our last segment. Um, Cyberpunk has been dominating the news cycle. Other than the Game Awards, it's been all Cyberpunk stuff, uh, mostly because of the stuff we were kind of mentioning with the bugs and all that. Um, to the point where CDPR had to they did issue kind of a formal apology to fans, apologizing specifically for the console versions, just saying like, "Look, we 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 admit we only showed you the PC version leading up to launch." These versions probably weren't ready to go. We apologize. And then part of that apology, they were like, in fact, uh, we want you. If you want to re- return this game for a refund, go right ahead. We're here to help you with that. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, it appears that they didn't check in with either of the first parties before offering mm-hmm. those refunds because fans have been saying easy. they've been having trouble getting those refunds. Sony seems to disagree about whether fans should seek uh, they they did put out an email to say email us here and we will help you get the refund. But it, I don't know. Like I I, I was uh, Patrick Klepek has been writing about this of like he's trying to look into did anyone at first party say they could do this? Where it's just kind of become like a worse situation of like okay you're telling me to to try to get my refund now I can't get it now I'm more upset with you like uh, yeah it's. That's not a great, it's not a great look, you know, it's just like, it's just making, making people who are already frustrated because they have a game that is either disappointing or isn't working the way they thought or just crashing their system. And now they're, they're being told again, a new thing and like, okay, yeah, I can go get my money back. Oh, no, guess I can't. Like, I don't know. It just seems, seems like a, something that should have been thought out a little bit. Well, I, I think, um, again, it's CD Projekt Red coming from, uh, just not being the, the the monolith developer you believe, I think most people believe them to be. They're clearly in the PC world where those refund policies have been codified and are very right. clearly defined. It's very easy to get a refund on Steam. Uh, Sony and Microsoft have not been clear on their re- return policies at all, if they even fucking exist. They do. They do. And it's easier to get a refund through uh, Xbox than it is to get... Yeah, PS4. right. But like, I, I'm, I'm sure they're like, yeah, we'll work it out and like, we'll pay the licensing fee, blah, blah, blah. And they'll take the hit and it'll be good PR for us. But I'm, I'm sure they didn't check and had no idea how it yeah. worked. Yeah. I think with, with Sony, with, with PlayStation, once you download a game, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they if don't, you they download don't do it to your thing, basically. you're done. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even if, if it's a pre-order, I think if you have already downloaded the pre-order, even if it's before release, you still cannot get a refund. Wow. 
Yeah. Whereas Xbox, I think, has a, a similar thing to Steam, where it's just like if you haven't played it for two hours, you can apply for a refund, but it's like an email process that you have to go through and you have to get approved. So. And I would I would recommend pursuing your refund if you feel like the game's too broken for you. But I would I would equally again this game's going to be pretty dope soon, and if. I forget the deal, but like if you're gonna upgrade to both new systems, you will still have Cyberpunk when you get your new system, and it'll probably play much better. Hmm. Did, is that next year? Did you guys say they? Well, they never have really confirmed the timing of when the next gen versions are coming. They just said 2021, but they didn't. Spe- they yeah, didn't I looked specify into it. They didn't, even, they didn't even confirm what's gonna what's gonna be different. Hmm. Actually, like a. There's, there's no information, really. I think right. the assumption is 4K and with ray tracing at the yeah, bare minimum. Yeah, but nothing promised. I, I, I double-checked. Like there's, yeah. we, we assume that yeah. because they can do that. But, uh, just man. Thinking about how weird it is in terms of Cyberpunk's story. That So it's building off the role-playing game Cyberpunk 2020, which imagined mm-hmm. that in the 40 years between the 80s and, and 2020, the world would have drastically changed. Uh, but this is set 57 years after that, and it seems to be more or less the same as in 2020. So, well, it's that it, it's like we were making fun of earlier. The uh, well, off mic, the uh, 1982 version of what 1999 was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's right. what Cyberpunk. Is. Well, yeah, absolutely. But in in the game, it's funny because they do make references to how much things have changed since a certain character was around mm-hmm. in those 40 years. But at the same time, you're like. It feels very superficial, like really yeah. but, not much But, but he's, he's not like a total fish out of water. Like he knows about the nomads. He knows about Arasaka. He knows about cybernetic implants. Like nothing seems to have really advanced that much in the 57 years between this game mm. and the tabletop game. Yeah. Which is a little yeah, odd. It's true. It's true. Uh, so, yeah, a rough week for... Uh, for CDPR, but also for a Cyberpunk rough and fans, profitable and, week. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. It's the game that came out, and it already made its money back. Eight million copies by day one. So, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of lots of money, EA uh, they bought Codemasters for one point two billion dollars. Uh, the real story here, though, is kind of the way it happened. They like did it like right under take two's nose like take two was about to close a billion dollar deal for codemasters codemasters maker of racing games pretty much right it's it's all yeah, the dirt right. games dirt, and stuff dirt gonna make some dirt, dirt. ea dirt dirt didn't <laughs> used to be but that's sort of what they do best ea owns a ton of racing franchises already and it's like now we're gonna buy no, this for 1.2 ea this- has <laughs> bought every racing developer that exists why do they need more they don't make racing games I think the big thing is F1, because, like, what does EA love to do more than anything is an annualized sports game, mm-hmm. and you, oh. you, can put, you can put so many loot crates into F1 racing when you oh, can yes. draft your own F1 team. I suspect it as much, too, and if you consider that FIFA makes way more money than Madden every year now, and F1 mm-hmm. is one of those things, globally, it's one of the highest-selling franchises in the world. And that's why, at first, you're like, so wait, weird. Codemasters for $1.2 billion? It's like, well, no, you have no idea how much... F1 makes every year globally. So uh, bizarre. That, every time I, hear, I see those stats, I'm like, it, it's like if Pornhub was like, everyone in the UK, all in defeat. Like, that's <laughs> really F1? I mean, I've seen it, but it doesn't do anything for me. 
connected. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 just weird because it's like a part of this is like okay, EA wanting to make money, international market, annualized franchise. The other part does feel like it's almost like. Uh, we're just going to buy up all the racing games so competitors can't have games that go up against ours, you know, because they they are now the only racing game house out there, the only racing game publisher. Uh, Ubisoft has the crew. They they bought up their only competition to make games for them, and they make games pretty, uh, racing games pretty irregularly. They don't make annual racing games still, do they? Have I missed Uh, out on like the last Need for Speed is like every two years now, it feels Yeah, it's like every two years. Right. Yeah, because they don't even do, like, NASCAR annually. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I I guess. Look, uh, they, I mean, it's interesting. I would love to see, I guess I would love to see what EA's dirt would be, but I get very nervous when EA takes their hold of an annualized sports, you know, franchise, because, like, here's the thing. The thing that we don't talk about enough, ever since the PS3 era, like, sports games have been... Like them, my EA have been bad. Like not even like like kind of bad. They've just been bad since the PS3 era. And like mm. I I fear for F1, a game that people like to become bad. You know, so that, that's that's where I, that's that's kind of where my <sighs> I don't know if it'll be bad. It'll it'll certainly have a very fun F1 Ultimate Team mode. You can bet. Like they will they will put cards in that game, dude. More like F fun. God, that would be much better spelled out. Um, Right. Yes, of course. Uh, That's all the news. It's fit to play. Let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, you might remember, was which is more interesting, a bright or a dark future in the context of fiction? Uh, T.L., you weren't here last week. Do you have a preference? I do. So um, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, but I'm an African-American male. Um, so no. I, I, I preface that. Everybody with, knew that when you didn't know who Eddie Vedder was. <laughs> I preface that to say is I, I really dislike dystopian dark futures because like mm. it's really something to come from a past that's dystopian and dark yes. and then being like, oh, there is no hope. So I'm always <laughs> I I'm always a fan of like bright of bright futures because I, I think that's like I think and as a storyteller is what I try to do, right? Like I think it's right. it's important to show that there's hope, there is like there is something better going out there because like you can't just continuously eat shit forever and just be like and that's where it is. So that, yeah, that's how would, what how I would, would you say. describe every black story you've ever seen before? Stopian, it's stopian, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. right? Like that. We, yeah. Roots was pretty stopian. It's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, no, not just, you or Dish, just stopian. Yeah, like I said, I'm just I'm 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 way more for bright futures, definitely. Yeah, fair. Yeah, all right. Holy shit. Well, Laser Time Rules, uh, first answer on VigiGamePocalypse.com, said, "I find a bright future more interesting." That's why I love Back to the Future 2's Look at the Future. Instead of being another bleak look at the future, they showed us it's still Hill Valley, but futuristic! Still the same old Hill Valley, but with advancements. It didn't get chrono-triggered in 1984 or Blade runner or countless other franchises where they show our future is fucked. Well, interesting you should say Back to the Future 2, because it didn't get 1984, it got 1985 because they right. go to the dark future run by Biff Tannen that everybody mm-hmm. should remember. Yeah, one of the, the many present. villains that was supposed to be Donald Trump yeah. in the 1980s. Yeah. Basically, any time uh, some kids have to put on a dance contest to raise money to save the rec center, the villain of that is Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you, Michael. Like, 
Back to the Future 2 definitely had a dark, I guess, present. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it is like it, it, like that's, it's really dark. And also, I don't like the Chrono Trigger because like once you destroy the Lavos thing, like Chrono Trigger's future is fine. It's just like Lavos kind of ruined it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I don't know. But keep talking. Yeah. I, I thought I thought yeah. I, I'm I'm really more aghast by what you just said. I love that shit. <laughs> oh, what about the, to, of, to, have a, to have a black perspective on the idea? Like, yeah. man, I wish I could go back to the past. Like that is a no. real white thing to watch. <laughs> no, I would say I would say like, look at black exploitation films. Right? I just remembered because mm-hmm. I actually was just talking about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of black exploitation films are about oppressive like presence, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the end, always hope. Like there's not. Yep. I think there's like only one where it's like, oh no, everything is just shitty. But it's always like, oh no, but there's hope, and we're yeah. like, we will get better because we have to get better. Like I, that's why I like. So anything is better than the present or the past in in this country, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. It's it's white guys like. Do you mean to tell me the future is shitty? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I had stock. What? <laughs> Don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, it's, it was profound to me, brother. I'm glad you said it. Um, uh, Giant Short Stack says, uh, "Question of the week." I, I've always, I've always loved cyberpunk, but at this point, if I want the story of corrupt politicians, the, the megacorps that own them, uh, income inequality, and cool gadgets to distract the masses from long overdue civil unrest, I can just read the news, babe. <laughs> That's again. It's a ghost stack. Uh, besides, it's always uh, going to to be harder to care about a Neo-Tokyo that's 50 years closer to climate collapse, thus making everything that happens in that story uh, much more relevant in the long term. Because of that, uh, I find the mix of cynicism and idealism in uh, post-cyberpunk paints the most interesting picture of our Bezos-run future hell. Ghosts in the Shell, Deus Ex, Metal Gear, and Watch underscore Dogs all take place in a world where the bad guys have already won, but there are still people out there at least trying to figure out how to change things. To me, it presents a lot more useful uh, speculation on on not how, how we're fucked, but how we can unfuck ourselves. Sorry, that got that got silly to great uh, short stacks. I loved it. I nice. write it poorly too. <laughs> From the official Laser Time Facebook community, Andrew Joseph says, I think a bright future is more entertaining only if the game shows of the dark future are still available. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to watch Smash TV or The Running Man as nightly entertainment? Yeah, like what if what if you as uh, Commander Shepard could turn into that, tune into that and just watch yeah. it on TV? For- can, can you imagine Prisoners meet, meets Wipeout? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, because that's not even a good joke to make, because Wipeout just killed somebody. Oh, Jesus. Did they really? I did not yes. know that. Yeah. They stopped production because somebody died on, like, getting like getting hit in the leg with a with a foam bat. Like, oh, I, I have no idea. Oh, no, it was a heart attack, actually. Oh, but, right. uh, yes. Uh, scrolling uh, over I, my terrible joke. Uh, I got it. Daniel, uh, Walker. Daniel Walker. So, Daniel Walker, I love to see how the future can look in a good way. Fallout's writing is really interesting to me, but everything always seems burned out shacks and skeletons everywhere. Just drags it down. Mass Effect was awesome. Uh, I agree. I don't think like I think you could tell these stories of like of like a of a, like a dystopia, but like it doesn't have to just be like everything sucks and we're all angry. Like you could look at like oh no, this is like how we rebuild. Like instead mm. of Mad Max, like. What happens after Mad Max? You know, like that. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, place yeah to I, actually, I just I just watched a really cool movie. Um, they reminded me of what you just said the the true history of the Kelly Gang, a, a new movie about 
uh, Ned Kelly, and mm. that's pretty much what Australia was <laughs> like mm. uh, uh, in the 1800s. Uh, finally, on Twitter, at 90s Reference says, When I was a kid, I fully thought the future would be Star Trek The Next Generation. Maybe not my future, but I believed in it. Maybe I'm old and cynical, but I can't conceive of a world where people can agree enough to move forward to that point. I find myself believing more in dystopias. Well, maybe you should write the second season of Picard because they, they agree with you. That <laughs> show pretty much undoes the utopia Starfleet like in the beginning. Yeah, that's the whole point of Starfleet. Be utopian. No, it's, it's going to get corrupted by weird conspiratorial mm. idiots, um, just like mm. everything else in our yep. current yep. Uh, timeline. Sorry. Uh, well, new question of the week. Uh, very timely here. Do you normally wait for games to work out all the bugs before playing, or do you have to play them right at launch? Uh, I think that's pretty clear. In my case, I always play them right at launch. Uh, this has been my job since 2005 to be on the, you know, not the cutting edge exactly, but to play all the new video games and to be conversant <laughs> with them. Uh, so, yeah, like, I... I'm playing the shit out of cyberpunk right now. I'm running into tons of bugs and I still kind of love it, but, uh, who else? Like what, what are you guys? What's well, it's, your approach? it's why I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw cyberpunk into the fucking fire because, uh, I, I'm like Michael. Like I, I, I both, uh, as long as I could afford to, I would play games at launch. And if you're fucked up at launch, I may never touch you again. Hmm. But also again, these aren't game-breaking bugs. I The shit that happened to me, you've heard me talk about in New Vegas and Mass Effect 1, were worse. Like, deleting my saves and crashing, and that that's way worse than Cyberpunk has ever done to mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. These kind of bugs, not that big a deal to me. A floating texture, a T-pose, not a huge deal. Save, like, game-breaking saves and uh, uh, crashes, that shit sucks. I won't fucking put up with yeah. that shit. Yeah, blockers. You can't have blockers. Yeah, blockers, there you go. <laughs> I also love that in the last the last week we've had uh, dick clipping through, through pants, mm -hmm. breasts yep. clipping through shirt, and yep. ass clipping through car. That's been my favorite. <laughs> None of, like, all of which should be a feature. Mm -hmm. It should be on the back yeah. of the box with yeah, my like, quote. Honestly, like, I, yeah. I find this stuff, like, this makes the game more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right. Reason, reasons to buy games, says Chris Antista VGA. I saw that car bug, but it was, he, he was on a motorcycle, and it looked like a man was straddling and riding your shoulders bare-ass naked, which is even better. <laughs> so, yeah, there's oh, that. Um, I've, I, I think people can guess my answer, given how I haven't bought the consoles yet, because I want them to work out the bugs. Mm -hmm. um, I have a job, and, and I have a podcast, where it does behoove me to play stuff to be part of the zeitgeist, but... Um, I am also, I said it earlier, I'm very quick, like, once I've figured out, like, okay, I got my handle around what this is trying to be, I am happy to wait it out and let them work all those bugs out so I can play the best version of games. And and sometimes, like in the case of The Witcher 3, I think that has served me well uh, mm. to be able to... Sometimes it feels like I've had a different experience with games than other people. Um, there was actually, I remember specifically wanting to play Final Fantasy XV before it got fixed so that I could be like, no, I... I know what you guys were complaining about, and now I haven't gone back to, to play it after they rebalanced the, that one, you know, it was like the third act that was all messed up and stuff, but um, yeah, so I, I prefer to wait usually, because it's like, yeah, this is the best version of the game, and they're not George Lucasing their fucking games, they're fixing mm. bugs in, in areas that people disliked, you know, yeah, they're not. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, I would say I, I want to say like, oh, I would, I wait, but I have bought I have bought I have bought way too many versions of the WWE games, way too many versions of Madden, <laughs> way too many versions of like of broken games, and have played them while they stay broken. Like it's very cute that everyone's upset about Cyberpunk about the broken game <laughs> aspect because I have I bought money for WWE 2K20, the most broken game I've ever played in my life. So, yeah, I have to play it first. I think it does come from like having been press and like hey, I want to go through this game with review, especially being press without getting review code, so buying a game and like all right, let me push through it, and yeah, this might suck a little bit, but I can look past it. So um, that would that would definitely be my thing about it. But I, again, I can't complain. I, I I I I played that game, and someone just clipped through a ring like halfway through, and I was just like, I I guess this is the wrestling game I wanted to play. Ugh. Yeah, I think the glitches in that aspect are like if your whole game takes place in one diamond or a ring. <laughs> And you're clipping through that. Clipping through Night City here and there isn't a big deal. But, like, yeah, falling through a turnbuckle, this is the only environment you had to render. (laughs) All right. So what about you? Do you wait for games to work out all the bugs before playing, or do you have to play them right at launch? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com and go to the comments under episode 398. Answer there. Uh, You can also visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook and answer there. Or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, TL, where can people hear more of you? Uh, yes, uh, you can hear more of me at uh, PNB, my video game podcast. I live from the pool house. We are just starting recording our season two episodes. So that's been really fun. And you can actually see, we, see me on twitch.tv slash TurboBison. And also... Uh, I don't think I've talked about this a lot. I did um, a mockumentary. I've done two episodes of a mockumentary. YouTube.com slash Turbo Bison. Uh, the Anthony Antonio Lee thing. Uh, it's been really fun. I think they're funny. No one else may think they're funny, but I enjoy them. Uh, so yeah, definitely check that stuff out. He's a prof- he's a professional corporate rapper, and that is myself for that. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Patreon.com slash LazerTime supports this show and um, many others. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Matt and Michael are both on to talk about 302010 games from 302010 years ago, including mm-hmm. one of my favorite conversations about the PS2 launch back in the day. Um, really fun launch. I think, was that was that one of our, that is our, our first adult Sony, our, our first adult Sony launch. Sorry, maybe just mine. <laughs> I was about to say, I was, I was a child. I, I mean, I'm probably the only one. I was in high school. Um, yeah, I do I want was, to say, because you brought up Laser Time. Hey, next week, uh, next this time next week, why don't you go back to the Laser Time archives, pull up that mm-hmm. Kwanzaa episode that Chris, Hell yeah. uh, Sarah, and myself did, because it will be Kwanzaa time. And that way oh, you yeah, can, I wasn't there or anything. Uh, you were, I just said Chris. I said Chris, oh, wait, Sarah. Uh, sorry, I'm, 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 all, I'm in all but one episode. That should be expected. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no need to be offended. But yeah, no, uh, please go listen to that. I just re-listened to that, which is very funny because everyone started talking about the Black Wall Street stuff and it's like, mm. oh yeah, we talked about that three years ago. Like I brought it up three years ago. So, uh, go listen to that. It's a really good episode. It's really fun. And it's almost Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa, everyone. And, and, um, uh, Matt's, Matt was on bonus time this week talking to me about the death of movie theaters. Someone who's worked in the movie industry. Um, 
good or bad, I don't know. Everything's sad right now. So um, that's we just wanted to examine what was actually happening. Uh, games seem okay. So Video Game Apocalypse, people don't have to, to, to fret. And as someone had mentioned earlier, Back to the Future, the game is officially 10 years old. Um, you can find out more things that are 30, 20, and 10 years old on 30, 20, 10 this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am done. And, of course, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Allen and on Twitter at Allen. As always, you can visit us online at vidjagameapocalypse.com or on Twitter at vgapocalypse, and you can uh, visit me personally on Twitter at wikiparas. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. short intro well my microphone was muted the whole time so you missed everything i said seriously i have no idea how that's gonna edit it yeah it, it keeps turning off uh on its own well what were you saying um, you want to you want to say something we can cut out that it no i just want to look at my double chin as it goes over this turtleneck